Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your also and Kate like to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, less of the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kalsik, joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. Noel, how's it going this week? It's really hot right now, so I'm, like, ready to melt. Um, It's not going to be as hot as it's going to be on Sunday, which I'm not looking forward to. But I am excited because tomorrow is uh, Tacoma Pride. And so I get to go out with my person and, like, we're going to go to a run that I'm going to watch her participate in from the sidelines. (laughs) And then, like, go around Tacoma and, like, uh, take in the Pride. And I'm really excited about that. Um, But how, how, how has your week been? Well, right now, listeners, I, I am dog-sitting. Noel knows this. This is why I referenced over to the listeners. Um, and so that means there may be some dog-type noises. I'm going to do my best to keep them edited out <laughs> or minimal. But if you hear a doggie, that is my, my sister's dog, Rico Suave, um, who is a German Spitz and is adorable. And he's fabulous and he knows it. Um, he, like, he really, like, they named him when he was a tiny little thing. My, my sister named him when he was a tiny little thing. But he just, he knows his name is Rico Suave. And he struts it, you know? Like, anyway, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> different recording location, different potential background noises. Um, I, there, I, we will be attempting to keep things on the briefer side, Noel, for you. Um, so you don't melt into a puddle. But the, <laughs> listeners who've been listening for a while will know that's not going to be possible because it is our Comic-Con preview episode. Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con is next week and I will be off uh, once again on my yearly pilgrimage to nerddom with my sister. Um, she is not able to join us for our preview this year, unfortunately. So it's just going to be Noel and I and we'll, we're going to run down all the different TV panels that are happening at the con. Um, and this year, you saw, Noel, I did my homework. You did. I'm really excited about this this whole table thing. I'm mostly impressed that you made a table in Word, and it looks really good. I made it in Excel and copy and pasted. Oh, okay. Well, that's slightly more impressive. Also, you could have just sent me Excel. Um. I felt like this was easier to read. Listeners, it's color-coded. It's very exciting for me. Yeah, no, it looks really, really good, even though, like, I was going through it, and I realized I was really maybe only excited about, like, two of these things, so I really hope you're at least going to one of these panels for me. Okay, yes, there's a couple of them that I will, like, we'll be lining for hard (laughs) to make sure we get in, Um, but, so we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Um, A few news things, first, and and they're pretty much all fun, happy things, so that's a wonderful change. Let's start with the thing we care the least about, but we actually we just wanted to mention, and that's the Emmy nominations yeah. came out uh, this week. Um, most of them we don't really care about. Um, in positive news, Modern Family was shut out of all the main categories for like the first yeah. time since the show started. In negative news, The Good Place was shut out of every category except Ted Danson, and that yeah. is crazy. It is crazy yeah. talk. It is super crazy talk. Like, I didn't expect One Day at a Time to get nominated, even though we both think it should be. But I did expect The Good Place. I- <sighs> what has Rita Moreno got to do? I'm just saying, I, 
I don't know what Rita Moreno has to do to get an Emmy nomination. Yeah. Uh, blackmail, I guess, is like the only thing that will work at this point. Well, I, I contributed to um, a write-up over at Consequence of Sound, um, looking at the different nominations and who we think will win and who, who should win and all that good stuff. So we were talking about it beforehand, trying to, like, you know, think about who, you know, if they don't get nominated, we would consider a snub and who we think will win, that kind of thing. And, and there were a couple people who were like, Rita Moreno's got this in the bag. And I was like, guys, she's not even going to get nominated. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, no, I was not. sad, but not surprised when that didn't happen. Um, however, I was very pleasantly surprised that Sandra O. Oh, Sandra O. Oh became the first ever Asian American woman to be nominated for, for best actress uh, in a drama, which seems Only ridiculous. Took decades, but, but yeah, here yeah. we are. But the reason <laughs> it's, it's like, it seems ridiculous, but then you remember, oh, how many shows have actually had an Asian American lead character, let alone an Asian American woman as a lead character? Very few. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm glad that she was nominated because, of course, she's fantastic on Killing Eve. But, uh, yeah, yay, another barrier getting knocked down. Elizabeth Moss is going to win, and she's really good. But I wanted to be Carrie Russell so much. <laughs> Whereas I think my my two favorite things about this were, one, The Good Fight getting nominated for Best Original Music and Lyrics for High Crimes and Misdemeanors, <laughs> which is fantastic. Until you realize that Crazy Ex-Girlfriend didn't get nominated for a single original song. Yeah, which is really just... A bunch of bullshit is what it is. Yeah, it really is a bunch of bullshit. Um, but then the other thing is, I love Emmy political thinking and strategy. Because Allison Janney putting herself in best lead actress for mom this year, because Julia Louis-Dreyfus is not eligible, <laughs> is just delicious. And... <laughs> She's just like, no, I'll go back to supporting next year when Veep's back in contention, but this year it's my year. <laughs> is I'm pretty sure how Alice and Janney was thinking about this, and I love that kind of like cutthroat Machiavelli sort of thing. But it's also just like, that is the extent of how much I care about this. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, this was just clever nominating process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, surprising for me, Twin Peaks was like, we were kind of expecting really? yeah. A, yeah. Like, a, like a whole bunch of them. nothing. Nothing for Twin Peaks. Almost nothing. Yeah. Like we yeah. had Laura Dern down it. We were expecting that she's obviously going to win Best Supporting Actress in a Miniseries or Movie as Diane in Twin Peaks. She was amazing. And they love Laura Dern. And then she wasn't even nominated. It was crazy. Um, so that, that's a little bit you know interesting. But you know what was – oh, another big um, – Shut out was into the Badlands didn't get anything for stunts and the yeah. the star of the show was on Twitter bitching about it for a while and you know I props because I I totally agree yeah <laughs> like some of those shows that are nominated fair enough like don't get me wrong but like the the Punisher it's like all fight scenes it's like what it is it's ident- it's core yeah. to its identity but don't tell me that all of these shows had better fight scenes than Into the Badlands. What they do every single episode, it's insane. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was a bunch of BS. Um, But things that I was really interested and surprised and happy about, well, of course, Steven Universe was nominated. Um, Jungle Moon is the episode it got nominated for for best, I think, single episode, best writing maybe. Um, And it's not going to win. It didn't win for Mr. Greg. It's not going to win. But... um, but Queer Eye got four nominations, and RuPaul's Drag Race got a bajillion. It got a lot mm-hmm. of because it got nominated in like cinematography and hair and makeup and costumes. Like it got nominated for a lot of really interesting awards, showing just how well respected it is at this point, or how buzzed about maybe in lots yeah. of different departments. And that is what kind of p- put me over the fence to maybe they actually will give best 
reality competition show to Drag Race this year. Like, I wouldn't have guessed that. I would expect a nomination, but not to win. But when it got that many nominations, I don't know. What do you think? I think it's a super possibility. And I think it's also really exciting in part because, like, there's a number of, like, rumors circulating that Drag Race may be sort of winding down because of RuPaul's increasing... um, production slate including like launching a talk show either later this year or next year um and so the ability to do drag race on top of a daily talk show is like not a thing that will work unless you're just completely just up for 24 hours every day yeah um but i think it's i think it's really exciting and i'm legitimately hoping that it happens that they uh win for best reality um and i hope that happens because that's one of the perks of the reality programming is like it tends to be sort of a little more diverse in terms of what they kind of hit sometimes and or something new and fresh and there's always room for a little bit more of an excitement especially since no one seems to like the amazing race anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was like i actually watch it and i watch top chef this season and i watched like several of these shows but i until i saw those nominations I was like i think they're gonna give it to the voice again just because like yeah because they gave it to amazing race forever and then the voice yes. topped that out so i expect them to keep giving it to the voice but maybe maybe it'll be a yeah, thing where they maybe. give it to drag race for a while that'd be nice um other news this week uh scott johansson has dropped out of rub and tug so yay on that i saw lots of speculation that uh marvel <laughs> is the reason that happened because they announced the director for the Black Widow movie, and people were like, yay, you're hiring a woman to direct it. That's great. Um, Scarlett Johansson, any comment on that situation? <laughs> and and then the day after all of that hullabaloo online is when she pulled out of Rub and Tug. But um, regardless, let's make sure, hopefully, whoever's out there putting this onto the ether, whoever's listening, let's cast a trans man to play a trans man. There's so few roles on TV for trans, you know, for trans actors or there were that there's so many few roles that trans actors are considered for, which is inappropriate, mm-hmm. but that's how it is right now. Let's at least make sure the trans men roles go to trans to, to trans actors. Um, so yay. We'll see what happens with that. We'll keep you all posted. Um, but, Two more bits of news. Queer Eye season three, which we already knew it was renewed, but they're going to apparently film in Kansas City, Missouri, which I think is interesting and uh, a, a nice, like, I like the Atlanta and the Georgia stuff, but I think it's smart to kind of move around a little bit while staying in a similar geographical location, which I, I would imagine will stay um, throughout the run of new Queer Eye. What, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm excited about this. Um, I'm sad that I won't be able to go. I know where that is uh-huh. anymore, since I don't know where anything in Kansas City is. But I think this is a good idea, and uh, I like the idea of moving from the southeast to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see what they do. And I like this idea of them sort of being centered around like an urban area, and then sort of branching out into different parts of of a state. I think that's really good, and I think it's a lot more interesting than staying in LA or traveling really different places for each episode. So I'm excited about this and I'm looking forward to what that's going to look like. Yeah. Um, Sweet Bitter was renewed at stars, which we were not impressed with the premiere, but I'm sure there are people out there who are very excited about that. Um, I'm very excited that Pose was just renewed for season two because I've been loving season one and Mm -hmm. animation, uh, animated series that we both really enjoyed uh, season one of, uh, I, Agretzko has been nominated Agretzko. for season two as well. So some happy, happy renewal news this week. That is happy renewal news. Yay. Yay. 
Yeah. Now I don't have to sing angry death metal karaoke this week because it hasn't <laughs> been picked up. Yeah, we can like we can sing happy death metal karaoke because mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. that'll be fun. Um, now, okay, we'll take a break. Listen to a little uh, Steven Universe. Because we're not going to talk about it quite yet, but we're going to listen to it because it's beautiful and happy. And there's like, there was some really good TV music this week. Um, And then we'll come back with our week in comedy and reality. Let's only think about love. Let's just like take a second and just bask in the loveliness of that. Um, from this week's episode, or last week's, I should say, as we record an episode of Steven Universe Reunited. We're going to talk about that when we get to our weekend genre. But first up, we have our week in comedy and reality. So we're going to talk about DuckTales from the confidential case files of Agent 22. Then I'm going to talk briefly about Younger, uh, Big Little Liza, and So You Think You Can Dance, which was their first Academy episode. Noel's going to talk about the return of Double Dare, which is exciting for people who've ever seen Double... I didn't grow up with with cable i i've never seen double day you will tell me about it when we get to it and then we're going to wrap things up with the great british baking show um now currently on pbs they're airing season five which is series three of great british bake-off um and the episode that aired last week for you know as we record was dessert this is not the episode we're talking about Knowles pbs station or or something like that no um my cbc my canadian broadcasting company corporation Channel, um whatever is include yeah is included in my cable package and they're running season eight of great british baking bake- show okay but is it bake off, bake off right because it's season yeah, eight I've, of bake off it might be season eight of baking show yeah. too who knows yeah but yeah. The, the one the new one that where they changed like all the, the hosts and one of the judges and it's so we're gonna yeah. get an update on that because i'm intrigued i'm very intrigued Noel, to find out what you think of the the most like the new incarnation of the show so that's coming at the end of the segment but first up ducktales we got a flashback episode uh we got a lot of a lot of goodies and and it uh, for me this was one of the best ensemble episodes we've gotten in, in quite a while uh what, what did you think of, of from the confidential case files of agent 22 it really doesn't matter what else happened in this episode. What matters is that gummy berry juice is can- canonical now. <laughs> and that's the most important thing. I swear to God, Kate, if they somehow figure out a way to make gargoyles canonical, I will lose my shit. <laughs> I will just lose it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I just, I, I thought this episode was really fun. I liked a lot of the kind of mod aesthetic that they went. So I really appreciated like the spy the avengers mm-hmm. um look that they gave um scrooge and beakley um not the avengers avengers but the, the appeal avengers, avengers. Yeah. yes the m appeal and john steed john steed yeah um yeah avengers um so i really like that whole aesthetic that got carried through 
I liked the Scrooge and Webby team up, and I liked how excited Webby was about a Webby and Scrooge team up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was just really delightful. I liked a lot of the flashback stuff that you mentioned. I liked a lot of the action. It was just a really good episode, and they're, they're on a really good run right now, and I'm very excited about that after that little bad gap that we had in June of like, what are we doing right now, show? Mm-hmm. And the show's just like, we're doing something really good, but you just have to wait until July, apparently. <laughs> we're being um, awesome, so, we just don't know it yet. Yeah, no, so I've, I really like this episode as well. Um, what stood out to you in particular about this episode? Like you said, I liked all the design choices. I liked the uh, Emma Peel and Avengers like kind of aesthetic. I enjoyed the continuing uh, <laughs> decade hopping of Scrooge, um, which is just delightful. Uh, I liked the the bond it's like a combination of adventures and bond classic mm-hmm. bond and just, it was just such a, a fun thing to spend time and i like getting backstory on beakley and uh and getting to see webby have a little bit like or see webby rise in scrooge's estimation because we know she's great huey doing yeah. louie knows she's amazing and beakley knows she's great but we get to watch scrooge figure out that she's awesome and that was super fun it's always it's like when you're watching a show that you know is great with somebody who's never seen it before and they get it and you get to watch them figure it out um it's super satisfying and fun so i I was having a little bit of that uh sort of vicarious enjoyment watching this episode uh and and it was also just really well paced that's what a lot of these recent episodes they've just kept clicking along right at the right pace and um yeah, it was, it was a good time. I'm looking, like, I don't know if we'll be able to get to the panel at Comic-Con, but there is a DuckTales panel at Comic-Con, and David Tennant is not coming this year, so maybe there's a chance that he'll actually be able to get yeah. into it. Um, yeah. Or at least he's not announced to be coming. Who knows? Yeah. But um, but if, if I can, I, I look forward to hearing the creatives talk about some of, you know, how they're structuring the rest of the season. Because, uh, like you said, they've been making a lot of really smart choices. Yeah, and I'm interested in that, too. I was surprised by the limited number of the actors that were going to be on that panel Mm -hmm. um but the show's just doing such a good job right now and i'm very excited with what they're doing um you're right to mention the james bond thing because i had completely forgotten about the bouncing explosive bubble with the boiler hat that was very (laughs) much a bond sort of reference to the prisoner that's the bubble thing that's all prisoner well the prisoner the bubble's the prisoner but the boiler hat is just very clearly uh what's his name from golden eye whose name not golden eye goldfinger odd job whose name I, odd job thank you yeah it was an odd job thing but yeah no it's oh, the show's really good um they're getting like more confident in like working in a lot of like those like little homage touches um that their like core audience that they're trying to hail um isn't there for but like their parents are there for and people our age are there for Mm -hmm. and so it like doubles up on the nostalgia um which i'll talk more about doubling up nostalgia in a few minutes um but it was just really fun and really when they do these kind of episodes with scrooge in particular where they go to his past they just open up a number of different avenues for the show to keep exploring as opposed to staying in duckburg they expand duckburg beyond the beagle boys beyond the mark zuckerberg villain guy whose name i can't remember um and i think that's really smart because it just it allows for a really good 
tales sort of exploration that I think the show sometimes veers away from a little sometimes and then when they but when they do it they just do it really well so like between this and gold the goldie episode like the kind of adventure rollicking adventure sort of aspect of ducktales is just really in full form and i'm very excited about that yeah no it's like i said it's a reliable little you know burst of energy and joy Mm -hmm. (laughs) each week which especially now that who knows the steven universe is coming back apparently it is coming back at some point but uh it's nice to have that every week so i hope Mm -hmm. it doesn't go on another extended hiatus at least for a while um a usually rather reliable like bubble souffle of energy and joy is younger but this week uh no, going into this episode, uh, which is called Big Little Liza, I had seen on on Twitter a bunch of like, Ugh, oh man, was this week's younger written by Tina Fey? And I was like, oh huh, no, what does that mean? That's interesting. Okay, well, that doesn't, that could be bad or it could be good. I couldn't quite tell from the tone because internet. Then I watched the episode I was like, oh no, they don't mean good. They don't mean like. 30 Rock, they mean uh, some of those questionable, very questionable episodes of Kimmy Schmidt. So what this episode uh, does as a subplot is they introduce uh, Lauren's um, uh, intern who is genderqueer and uses they, them pronouns. But the, the, the way that they do that is by having Lauren be really obnoxious, like the stereotypes of millennials, basically. Um, And it's just very dismissive. And I and I don't think they realize, I don't think they realize how dismissive they're being. But it has very much the tone of like, oh, I, there's a great article by by Madzler Sites this week comparing and contrasting Nanette and Bill Maher's stand up. And yeah, like, I saw that. I didn't read it. But oh, yeah. it's great. Y'all, everybody should go read it if you're at all curious curious about Nanette or um, just kind of the progression of comedy. He compares Nanette uh, to to Carlin and like finding threads in, in their approaches and stuff. It's, it's a great article, but the point being, um, when I think of the dismissive, some of the like really obnoxious dismissiveness of this episode, it reminds me of Bill Maher, <laughs> uh, Bill Maher's liberalism sometimes. Um, yeah, it just was not good. And they at least had the character, like the people are starting to find out about Liza's age. And, um, and so when to get out of a, a scrape uh, or a sticky moment she declares herself age queer because age uh, is a state of mind and uh, and you know people are so biased about age anyways it doesn't matter why does it matter how young and fabulous we are um so i like and, and they so they make age queer a thing in you in universe that like blips on social media and stuff it's just like guys that's you should know better younger Usually they've been better about this stuff on this show. So bad job. Please don't do that again. Um, in happier news, over at So You Think You Can Dance, Laganja Estranja has so far made it through the first three rounds of the Academy. There are two more rounds, two more rounds of choreography. So so Laganja has made it through um, the solo round, the hip hop round, and the ballroom round. Scrape through ballroom um, because he's been, uh, Jay has been uh, progressing and improving. So that's exciting. Um, but there's still two more rounds. There's a contemporary and then jazz. Um, and then the final cuts just to get down in numbers to 10 guys and 10 girls. Um, so 
that's I will keep everyone informed on on, on his his progress, on Jay's progress, um, and uh, it's interesting to watch develop. I would be very surprised if he made it onto the show, but you know, crazy things have happened, so we'll see. Um, talk to me about Double Dare. So, okay, what is Double Dare? Kate, I like. I've Double never Dare? seen Double Dare. Like, I don't know. What, I just you know, know nothing a, about it. It's a game show, right? It is a game show. Yeah. So I know nothing about it. You, <laughs> it used you to do. be on. Was know, on Nickelodeon? Yes, it was on Nickelodeon. And the new one is also on Nickelodeon. So I know this two was things. sort of. <laughs> You know, two things. Um, no, so this was this was sort of like iconic type stuff for me. Um, Double Dare aired in the late eight, mid mid and late eighties, and then a little bit into the nineties as well uh, when they got rebranded as Family Double Dare. Um, basically, it's a game show in which normally a pair of kids faces off against another pair of kids. There, they do some sort of weird physical challenge uh, that involves slime or gack or tossing something really weird onto something else really weird it's that kind of a thing and they get control of the questions and then basically the host who in the through the 80s and 90s was mark summers who you probably know from unwrapped on um food network no 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 okay no he did he did a show on food network for a very long time called unwrapped um and he'd also did another a couple of other shows on Nickelodeon. Um, but anyway, so then they do questions back and forth, and they can, if they don't know the answer, or they think the other team doesn't know the answer, they can dare them, and then the dollar amount of the question's value gets doubled, so forth and so on, and then you can double dare someone if you think that they're, they don't know either. And then you can either answer the question or do another physical challenge. Whomever has the most money by the end goes through to do a eight-part obstacle course, which is a number of really gross, ridiculous type of things like wading through a large thing of jello or reaching up into a very large nose to find a flag, but the f- nose just squirts out slime and that kind of a thing. Or you have to sift through basically foam pancakes that have been covered in a massive amount of maple syrup. And it's it's all really gross and silly and fun. Um, so anyway, uh, Nickelodeon announced that they were going to revive the show like in this spring, basically. And so it came back in like the middle of June, and I didn't know that it had come back until I was like flipping through. And it's just it's the exact same show. Like Mark Summers is there; he's not hosting. Um, Liza Koshy um, is hosting. She's a YouTube comedian as well as a presenter on a couple of other programs. And she's very good. She's great with the kids. Um, her delivery of questions is really wry and enjoyable. Um, and yeah, so it's basically the exact same show. Even the set design for the main stage is basically just the 80s set, which I find really delightful. Um, even to the point where they, you remember like those old sort of um, digital clock scoreboard type things that you would see for like skee-ball and that kind of thing? They kept those for behind the players. So it's it's very much a, we very much want our early millennial audience to really appreciate this while also trying to get kids into it. And so I think the show balances that really, really well. And it's very enjoyable. My one thing that I'm sure I just was not aware of when it was originally on, or if this is just brand new for this version, is that to balance the questions, because some of the some of the teams are like 
pushing like 13, 14, whereas some of the other teams that they may be facing off with are like eight or nine. The question levels are always really interesting. Like I watched an episode in which one of the questions was, so Betty, Veronica, Jughead, and Archie all go to Pop's Chocolate Shop on what CW television show? And these two nine-year-olds just look at each other like, WTF, we don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. And the so they, like, dare to get, to get it to the other team who are clearly, like, 12 to 13. And they're just like, Riverdale. And they've got it immediately. Like, there's no pause. It's just mm-hmm. like, we got it. But then there's also questions of, like, they want these kids to identify cryptocurrency as a word. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the hell? And it's just, so the range of what they think kids know and kids should know is just really interesting. And also, like, I didn't know that Bruno's Marses had a real name. I thought that was his real name. Apparently not. But I didn't feel bad because none of these hip young people knew either. <laughs> um... So it's been really enjoyable from a, uh, whatchamacallit, from a nostalgic standpoint, um, but I've also watched like 10 episodes of it at this point, and I'm good. I feel like I'm very locked in. I've got my double layer fix. But if you haven't like checked it out, I encourage you to do it. Apparently, there's going to be a Keenan and Kel episode, which I'm very excited about. Um, So Keenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell will be on, and I... Very much wanted to see that episode. Um, I never really watched Keenan and Kel, um, their show when it was on Nickelodeon, but I, I want to see them do this ridiculous stuff. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, so it's good. It's good. Keenan uh, just got his first Emmy nomination for He SNL. did. Yeah. Yeah, no, like. A gazillion people got nominated for SNL this yeah. year. Yeah, but I mean, like, he's been on the show, like, 15 years now. And he finally yeah. got a nomination, so good for him. Um, yeah, that, you know, it sounds to me like, from what you're saying, they really understand, Yeah, like, and they're making, again, they're making smart choices. They understand what to keep and what they can change. And without losing just the... Uh, the end because that, that's that is a evergreen like setup for a show. You're you're not going to go wrong with obstacle course, slime, and trivia questions and young people. Like you can put those together and you will have a successful summer show any decade. So I'm I'm glad that they you know seem like they're doing a good job with that. That's fun. Um, okay, now speaking of yeah. how are they doing over at Bake Off? Like I'm I haven't I haven't wanted to check it out because frankly mm-hmm. you know, like Paul Hollywood. Um but is that fair or not fair? What what did you think of the the premiere, which is always cakes, the cake episode of yeah. season eight of Great British Bake Off? Alright, so I should preface by saying that when I turned it on, I was just like, Oh, okay, it's only an hour. Well yeah, it's on channel four, so there are commercials it's built in. CBC just edits out the technical challenge to which I go WTF and I was just like maybe maybe they just cut the technical challenges entirely and no the technical challenges are still there because the technical challenge for cake was making um, 12 chocolate mini rolls using one of the new judges um, well using the new judge Prue uh, Leith um, using her recipe to do this CBC did not air that. So I'm just like, but the technical's the best part. If I just wanted to watch bakers bake things that they know how to make, I would just watch literally any other any show. Any other show. <laughs> like, um, the technical challenge is the brilliant, like, invention of the show. Then, like, along with many other things. But, like, that's a huge... Pro- that Wow, that's a bunch of bullshit. 
Yeah, so I was just like, oh, that's not great. Because I was watching it with my person, and, and we were just like, oh, well, then they're just going to like do a really shortened version of the technical challenge yeah. to get it in there, and it's not there at all. And I just went, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep watching this because the technical is the best part. As to everything else, um, it legitimately still feels like the same show. Um, apart from commercial breaks, which are just terrible. They like, they cause all the tension to just collapse like a really bad souffle. Um, having that break away from people staring in existential angst at an oven is not good. It's like part of the things that make the show really compelling. And so having commercials is like not great. I'm not excited about it enough that whether or not my person I keep watching is going to, we'll see how that goes. Um, Cause again, we both really want the technicals back and also the commercials. So if PBS decides to air this, we'll find out. Um, Noel Fielding and Sandy Tosk, Toskvig. Hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, take over as the hosts from Mel and Sue. Um, their intro is sort of delightfully meta in that they're flying over the tent in a hot air balloon that is also, um, is a rainbow colored hot air balloon, which is really appropriate for both of them. And, um, Sandy actually ends up calling Sue on the phone being like, you said it was a white tent, right? That's what you meant? And so there's a, there's a number of like, sort of like meta references and, Hollywood acknowledges the fact that while Bakers think that they know what he wants, they have no idea what Prue wants, who's the new judge, who continues to dress in not a Mary Berry sort of way, but still in a throwback 70s sort of way, which is interesting um, that they're trying to kind of capture that in the costuming without having Mary Berry be present. But she, Prue, also sort of still functions in a Mary Berry sort of capacity of like not as like brutally mean as Paul can be, but she's a little more supportive, I think, than even Mary was. Um, so it's still the same show. Noel and Sandy do the same sort of like stop by, help the bakers, give them a pat on the back type stuff. Um, and it feels like the same show. Um, as for the cast of bakers um, in this season, they all seem generally really competent. Paul hands out two handshakes in the first episode. Skeptical eyebrow at that. Which is a skeptical eyebrow, but they also both seem like super warranted. And I can't tell you like they were they were both for the um, signature. Okay. Um, and which was what did they have to do for the signature? They had to make a fruit cake for the signature. Um, and he, he, he gave two handshakes for them. One of them I think was definitely earned. I'm not sure about the second one, but one of them was definitely earned. Um, but yeah, it seems like the same show, but the commercials really break things up. And I think Noel and Sandy are fine, but they are also like working a little hard to be Mel and Sue, which I think is fair. And I think that they sort of are aware of their position of like, we're taking over for this very iconic thing and from these two very iconic people. And so they're trying, I think, to... They're trying to, I think, honor what Mel and Sue have done, but they're hesitant to do their own thing in a lot of ways. And I can understand that. But it also means that I just want Mel and Sue back. And I want Mary Berry back. And I want my technical challenges back, CBC. So it feels like the same show, but it's also, it just feels off in a lot of ways. 
by the new people present. And it's also weird because I'm still watching season three slash five over on PBS. Um, so it's just like, oh, but I've got this version and this slightly different version with slightly different ingredients. It kind of tastes the same, but then the little add-ons don't quite feel right. And it's, that's kind of what it is. It's like the same recipe with a little extra or slightly different, uh, like a different type of flour, basically, that's giving it like a different taste or texture or density. And if that's a, how flour works. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great, excellent. Um, and I think that's what it is. It's like, it's sort of the same recipe, but it's just different enough that it feels a little off. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been yeah. interesting because I've been, of course, covering Great British Baking Show over mm-hmm. at AV Club. And this being an early season, like, the episode that, as we record, is airing tonight, someone makes... Uh, uh, the episode is pie. Somebody makes a pie mm-hmm. so good that Paul says this single thing alone is good enough for them to win Star Baker, regardless of how they did on anything else. And mm-hmm. that person does not get a handshake because this is season three and he doesn't do handshakes yet. It's not a thing, yeah. you know, like there's still, it's interesting because the, like the episode last week desserts, felt was the first one that felt like ah okay they're figuring out this is the show i agree yeah Yeah. and it like it really even though mel wasn't there because i would assume because she was filming other things um even with just one host which is sue it really was like ah this is the show they're doing this good combination of like informational things from the bakers but still some voiceover but not too much and really really terrific challenges and the bakers are are executing them really well like it all kind of came together in the last episode desserts um, this week's episode, they don't quite rise to the challenge as much, so it's not quite as strong. But you know, the things that like so soggy bottom, totally a thing. Uh, the some of the mm-hmm. different like like Paul messing with people as he walks around was like, you're gonna like th- that happens in this this you're gonna, episode. You, you're gonna you're gonna you chill you that, that right? Oh, you're yeah. not gonna chill that. Okay. Squinty, okay. cool blue steel eyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Both Paul and Mary get some of that this week. I was like, you, you're not okay. Are you worried about this? You're not? Okay. <laughs> come back to, we'll come, like, subtext. We will have more on this when we get to judging. Um, so, so there's still kind of, you know, in season three of Bake Off, which is the current season airing in PBS, they're still kind of finding some of those things. So so when you say there's two Paul Hollywood handshakes in the first episode of season eight, and the, the this one pie doesn't even get a single one in this season, it shows just the way that the show has, has codified over the seasons. And mm-hmm. it's, it's been an interesting element of reviewing the, the this older season for, for, uh, oh, like that. yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, on that note, uh, reviewing of things, uh, what, as you look back and review, what wins your week in comedy and reality? Gummy bears bouncing here and there and F. No, no, it's uh, DuckTales from the Confidential Case Files of Agent 22. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think I got to give it to, to DuckTales. Uh, I did really like Baking Show last week, but um, mm-hmm. but no, that but you know, I, I'll, I'll I'll give it to DuckTales as well. Now I'll take a break. Listen, listen to ba- uh, Billy Porter and MJ Rodriguez just like crush it, crush it on home, and we'll be back with our week in genre and drama.
that was Billy Porter and MJ Rodriguez singing just like oh, so good on on Pose this week. I'll have more on Pose in a moment. But first, in our weekend genre and drama, we're going to start with Steven Universe, of course. Uh, we'll have a few more thoughts probably on the question and then Maid of Honor and Reunited, the end of last week's Steven Bomb. Then we'll talk briefly about Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, Lotus Eaters. I'll talk about the Handmaid Tale finale, The Word, and Pose, Love is the Message. And we'll round things out with Claws. <sighs> Vaginalologist, which is right up there as one of the best episode titles of the season. Uh, yeah, that's just vaginalologist. Oh, well, well done, Claude. It's hard to say. Yeah. 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 Um, so first up is Steven Universe and finishing out the Steven bomb. Like, this... It was it was so pretty. Um, okay, so I'm of course thinking of the beginning of United, but first let's start with the question, which was the Ruby episode. Which last time we talked, you hadn't seen that one yet. Uh, how did you feel like they they handled their Ruby episode and and you know Ruby's really, song too? I hey, I really liked the Ruby song. The Ruby song was very good, but I also just really liked that whole episode. I thought it was really fun and delightful, and I like it when they get out of Beach City like this. They don't like go to space or something or the moon it's just like out there in the range where a gem can be a gem and it's just it's really fun and delightful and i like how amethyst is very into being a horse <laughs> and <laughs> it's just it was really fun and i liked that i liked really sort of subtle things of and not so subtle things of like the cowboy being in a, like a red color in the comic book but his his lady being in a blue so that we get the the um the parallels between ruby and sapphire within the episode uh was just really good um and yeah so it was just a really good episode i liked it like a lot more i think overall than like what's your problem Mm -hmm. um it's just a lot more fun but it's also like a lot more it feels a little more thoughtful as well i think and so I really liked that. But the song was also just really great. <laughs> you can see how it made me think of Bemo's Cowboy Song. Yes, I can. And I just, I want to do out of that now. I, mm-hmm. I want to remix where those both are put together. Mm-hmm. What about Maid of Honor? Like, we, we recorded last week. I, and I hadn't, yeah. of course, we hadn't seen Maid of Honor. It aired as we were recording. And we were talking about, like, why, you know, like, why not bring up Bismuth? That was such a big thing. And then they brought back Bismuth. I was so excited. They did. <laughs> and it, I, I really like this episode. I like the conversation that Stephen has with Bismuth and Uzo um, Adaba Aduba. coming back is Aduba. Thank you. Um, coming back is just so good. Um, but it runs into that same thing that we run into with um, like Sapphire, mm-hmm. and uh, now we're only falling apart. Of like Bismuth gets over this really quickly, <laughs> and it sort of to borrow like a metalworking thing, it sort of tempers my ability to enjoy the episode. And, um, cause that's one of the things like, I mean, I, I don't want to rehash what we talked about with now we're only falling apart, but because of everything that they need to get to, especially in reunited, there's just not space for that. And especially considering Bismuth's history being, um, bubbled for so long and then getting bubbled again. And, so that was that was really frustrating that there wasn't more space for that. But I'm glad that there was also enough space for Bismuth's concern about seeing the gems again. Because that that I think provided a little more of an emotional core for me than um, the concerns about Rose slash Pink 
and Bismuth's place in that, even though, again, I still wanted, like, the whole thing of, like, Bismuth's whole thing is tearing down the diamond hierarchy or diamond authority, and she was working for a diamond the whole time. And, like, there needs to be ramifications for that, and the episode's like, but we don't have time because this wedding's happening. Um, Which is a good reason, as we'll talk about with Reunited, but... Yeah, so it was it was very much still in the now we're falling apart vein of like I really like this, but I also wanted so much more from it. But how did you feel about Maid of Honor? Um, I co-signed like I, I like at least in that they lampshaded and had seemed go. You're mm-hmm. taking this way better than I thought you would. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, um, and and it's as we said last week, it's very strange to watch a Steven Universe episode or in this case a Steven Bomb that is not really interested in exploring the emotional fallout and ramifications of big reveals and discoveries and like reevaluations of their entire existences like that's big stuff and normally this is the show that treats that stuff with the respect and the time it needs um so it feels very strange to not have that happening in the Stephen bomb and we we don't really yep. get it with bismuth either she's just like okay because the story needs her to be okay so we can have our wedding in the next episode um but that being said, it was just so, so, such a pleasant, wonderful surprise when Uzadubo pops back up. Because, like, I, I just, I don't know why. I just kind of assumed that if she was coming back, I would have heard about it. I just figured she's yes. too busy. Um, and so then when she did, it just, you know, I had a little silly grin on my face. Like, I still do. <laughs> silly, happy grin. Uh, and then we got to go right into Reunited, which was lovely. And uh, that song is one of my favorite songs. I Like, I've listened to it. A lot. <laughs> I think there are a bunch of us out there, especially Steven Universe fans, um, who can relate to there's an awful lot of awful things we could be thinking of. Because there are. And some of these days, you just got to choose to focus, you know, like you do what you can about the awful things, and then you got to choose to think about something else or you're going nuts. And you'll burn yourself out and you won't be ready for the fight when it's time to fight. And um, so I, I just thought it was absolutely lovely of just really well written a, a great way to start the episode and to have, have them be like uh steven saying yeah no i'm definitely bottling stuff down and not dealing with my issues right now i will i know i need to but like today nah denial let's just not worry about it um, and so that was that was great it was lovely and i also was particularly impressed by callison's um falsetto like that mm-hmm. last, I mean, it might have been some computer wizardry, but that last note, he holds that a long time. And like, he does the whole thing in his falsetto and head voice. And um, it's pretty seamless. And like, he's like 17, 18 now. Like, he's through his voice change. So to still be singing up, like, and, and using that range and using the whole thing in falsetto is a great way to try to mimic his vocal quality back when he started doing the show and he was actually like 13 or 14. Um, so I thought that was really smart, and I thought the energy and the, like, the kind of old-timey musical let's put on a show kind of vibe mm-hmm. was just really appropriate for where we were in the Stephen Bomb and, you know, the the intensity of what they knew was coming. So yeah. that was a long way of me saying, it was pretty, I liked it. <laughs> what did you think about it, No. <laughs> well, I mean, it's an episode with Pearl and a tux. What's not to like about it? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, like, my favorite thing. Uh, no, the song's very good. Everything that you said, I just co-sign entirely. Um, the performance level is really good. The fact that it feels narratively motivated is just delightful. 
and narrative narratively motivated in a way that sort of acknowledges the shortcomings of the bomb of like uh, time to deal with any of these emotions because there's a wedding and but we have to but for just this moment we're going to focus on this and i i really like that um as a just as an in-universe sort of discussion, as opposed to a, I wish the writers had done this sort of discussion. And so, it's it's just also such an, I think that's an important message for their viewers too, of like, yes, they're dealing with all this stuff, but that doesn't mean that, that that's Ruby and Sapphire's wedding isn't really important. And, and yet they're, what they're dealing with in the processing and thinking about Rose and all of that is very important. But, the fact that the timing is not ideal doesn't make the happy things that are that are going on less worthy of celebration and appreciation. So it's not like a, well, we don't want to think about that, so instead we'll focus on this. It's a, it's very important for us to celebrate this. And that means that we're going to tuck all this other stuff away. Um, as opposed to like, and as opposed to a distraction, you know, like it's, a, it's, yeah. it's important to them. This is like on the bold type this week which we're not going to talk yeah. about this week but it's the same idea of like yeah we're dealing with our stuff but the fact that we're dealing with our stuff doesn't negate how important this ha- this good thing is for our friends so let's yeah we're going to prioritize that and we'll have time later to deal with our stuff so yeah sorry i, I interrupted you please continue no, no no you're fine and it's a good distinction to make i think it also helps that the conclusion of it the second half is so driven by this desire to establish empathy again and that we get Stephen like hopping through his friends basically and being like, remember that you need to fight for you when mm-hmm. he like jumps through Pearl. And it's just like, this is very good. And like his desire to try to reach out to yellow and blue is motivated by a thing of like, I'd like you to stop attacking my friends, but also the thing that you need is like right here. And we can just have a conversation about it instead of like, sending waves of sadness and misery out at people, which is such a great power. <laughs> um, but I really like the, how that plays out, and I like how it's played out like along statues of themselves. I really like that aesthetic of it. And it was just really good. And the empathy aspect of it, which has been so central, you and I have talked ad nauseum about it, um, to this show, I think is... To have that be what sort of, like, finally gets through. And that that's what has to get through. Not, like, pummeling each other to death or relying on the fact that the show's ultimate MacGuffin just goes, No, it's okay. We're all cool. And I'm just like, thank God. Because <laughs> um, the cluster just, like, being like, No, we're cool. We want to stay here. And also, we can form into a giant hand. It's just like... That is such a good choice to make mm-hmm. on just like a plot level, but it's also just a really good choice to make on a, this is why earth is important and significant is that these shattered, broken gems go, no, this is our home. We don't want to leave and we don't want to destroy it either. Cause destroying it means destroying what we've built here, which is like really key to basically this entire two part episode of, to the song, but also to like Garnett's Reformation and all this sort of stuff. So it's just a really good two-part one-episode sort of deal that's just really delightful. Um, Even if I sort of go, 
I'm really glad Lapis came back, but I'm also just like, that was also way too easy. Oh, see, I love that. I and mean, that's, we had to talk about Lapis, uh, yeah. you know, because Lapis is your girl. Um, oh, she is. I, I literally said, oh, shit, when I was Yeah, watching. I did too. I was just like, oh, you guys are going to get whooped now. I did, and you I, did. I did not, ex- I didn't expect business to come back. I really didn't expect Lapis to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I was so happy when that happened. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I totally, because we've seen her spying on them, right? Yeah. That's clearly a thing she's doing. So it, it didn't feel like a cheat to me on that level. Um, emotionally, and, and like this, this idea of her keeping her distance, but then when she sees them under direct threat, that pushes her to like finally commit to her decision to stay out of it or not. And she chooses not. Um, for me, it works. I don't. I can see where you're coming from. If it if it's too easy, um, but but I just loved it. I thought, you know I was just so again. We have that little shot of her in the song, "The Friends We Wish Were Here," and I figured that would be the only reference to her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that just that made me but really happy. It also showed her still being on the moon, which I thought we all like thought she had kind of left. The, I thought she had left the moon. Yeah. And so seeing her still on the moon, I was just like, oh, she's going to come back when the diamonds show up with their hands. Mm. And she did. And I got very excited and very happy at the same time of going like, but I kind of just needed like a scene of her making that decision as opposed to her being there and being committed to the decision. Mm -hmm. But that's just me wanting all the lapis and not understanding the (laughs) fact that lapis is... A, a supporting character. <laughs> um, for the other other things, uh, like I love if if they manage to like be like, oh, big epic battle. You think no, we're just gonna hug it out, guys, and that somehow ends up resolving the the war. Then great. Uh, however, for people who feel like we're coming up to an ending, for me, there's a big question mark still looming, and that's White Diamond. And right. I feel like and this show can't end until they've dealt with White Diamond. Right. And that gets into, like, a question of, like, if White Diamond's, like, a fusion of pink, blue, and yellow. Yeah. Um, which is impossibility and something that they may have to address. But there's also, like, if White is not, and White is an entity onto herself, which seems way more likely given how people feel about fusion Mm -hmm. um then that needs to be addressed in some capacity as well yeah but i don't know how you can address it without having to sort of like rebuild like a lot of like an arc for that Mm -hmm. right now um i just don't see a way to white diamond immediately yeah um given how really central yellow and blue have been well I will have more from Comic-Con if there is more to be had. So we will yeah. stay up to date with that. Uh, let's move on to our next episode. And that's, oh, oh, one so, other thing I oh, want to yeah, mention. Go Sorry. Go ahead. No. Um, is going back, if you're going to go back and watch this, um, one thing to note, and I sent Kate a text message about this, um, is the fact that this Stephen bomb obscures Rose's face in the portrait in the cabin basically for the entire duration. Like, there's a rafter across her face for the entire run of this bomb, which I find really interesting and really important since that portrait looms over everyone, typically, as, like, an inspiration, and now it's her face is blocked out. Um, 
purposefully by the shot selection that they're making. Um, but I find that really interesting and compelling and a good way to convey a lot of like emotional type stuff, but also this idea of them potentially moving past rose quartz in a lot of ways. And um, so I found that really interesting. And I'm so now we can talk about something else, but I just want to mention that real quick. <laughs> oh, and um, I want to mention Garnet's wedding outfit. The fusion oh, so outfit good. was so awesome. <laughs> oh, it's so and, good. And I love that Ruby wanted to wear the dress. I, I was, yeah. It was lovely. It was beautiful. <laughs> my, my person just whipped her head around to me and just shouted at me, Butch can be femme and femme can be butch. And <laughs> <laughs> I just went, yes, and that's a very good message for the show to be saying. But I just, I've, she was very happy about that. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Steven Universe making viewers happy for five years now, five seasons now. Um, our next episode is Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, Lotus Eaters. And I don't have a lot I want to say about this other than I really like this episode. And it's amazing what happens when you cut out all the stupid parts of the show, meaning everything with the cops, and you focus on the good parts of the show, which is Tandy and Tyrone. Um, and then you throw in for an extra you know, flavor, the fantastic Tim Kang, who is so fun and so good. This was, I think, probably my favorite episode of the show so far. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite part, uh, favorite episode, though I do really like the one where they're sort of, I, episode three, I think, is also still really, really good. But the central location of this episode, the fact that there's nothing extraneous happening and that they're able to sustain that across 44 minutes while still working in a couple of emotional beats for Tandy. Um, it's just a really well put together episode that's anchored by Tim Kang's just ridiculous performance of how can we play insanity in a way that doesn't feel overwrought or tried? And it's oh, he's been living this day for eight years and he's just sort of lost his mind but also accepted it and everything is just very matter-of-fact. But little inklings of he's off his rocker come through of like, ah, oh, Monsieur Flambe is a good name. It's French. We, oui, oui. And just like <laughs> little bits of that, but Tim Kang's sort of like deadpan, matter-of-fact approach to everything makes everything feel a little more ethereal a little more otherworldly mm-hmm. and I really like that aspect of it because otherwise you have to rely too much on the unconscious not unconscious but sort of the zombie fear monsters that are just cannon fodder mm-hmm. um, so relying on him to create this atmosphere and then having it infect Tandy in a matter of minutes is really good and so it's just such a good episode and really thoughtful as well so i really like that and i like that the answer was in the cookie that was shaped like a heart <laughs> um i i loved the watch out for wrenchy <laughs> like, yeah this was just you know and because we've seen episodes kind of like this is a time loop episode it's like yep. you know that we've seen things like this before um this was way better written than these kinds mm-hmm. of episodes usually are and um not like all time loop not all time loop episodes but like having you know somebody who's been stuck in a loop for a while, like of the subset of time loop episodes. Like, I don't know that this is one of the all time best time loop episodes that have ever been written for television, but in the subset of time loop episodes where a character has been in it for a while, this is like a way more interesting and fun way to do it. And uh, like you said, the performance from Kang is terrific. So I look forward to seeing what happens now that that character could theoretically return. We, we will see if he gets conveniently amnesiatic <laughs> over various things that he should know. 
Um, I hope not. But because we'll also see. they only have like three episodes left this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really don't want them to do that. I'd like him to be a way for them to have a little more progression. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, well, fingers. Um, moving over to the hand, Handmaid's Tale, they had their finale, The Word. Uh, I caught up on season two this week, and I'll be talking about Handmaid's Tale over on TV Party at Consequence of Sound. Um, you guys can find that uh, on Monday. That's going to go up. But um, so I'm, I'm going to keep this kind of brief because, you know, I know, Noel, you're behind on that one. Um, I thought it was. So behind. <laughs> I thought it was a uh, a good episode, but re- like I, I marathoned it in a few chunks. This week, like, three episodes at a time. And I'm just so over the voiceover. Like, just, like, so many of the things that feel very effective in a single serving feel mannered and over the top. Or, or just, like, just, like, crutches when you're watching several in a row. And while the performances remain terrific and the cinematography and a lot of the writing is, is really great. I, th- I don't know that they've earned everything that they go for in this episode. Uh, Bradley Whitford finally showed up and he is very interesting and I'm really enjoying his performance so far. We'll see what comes of that in the new season. The uh, Where he goes in this finale episode is much less interesting than before, but hopefully they're complicating the character rather than simplifying the character and we'll find out more about that in season three um i don't buy the ending choice the big twist or surprise sort of culminating choice that we see june make it feels very much like the choice you have to make because this is your show (laughs) and uh, you don't they're not willing to completely change who the main character is or change like structural things about the show uh they've walked up to that ledge a few times over the course of the two seasons and they keep backing away from it that would be a much more interesting way to go i think but hopefully the writers will have something up their sleeves for season three and that's all i will say to avoid spoilers um so over on pose love is the message uh we had uh, you know i i knew that billy porter broadway's billy porter is a hell of a singer i did not know that mg rodriguez is also a hell of a singer. And so when they had uh, Pray Tell uh, putting on a like a, a musical review for some patients in the AIDS ward um, where, where his boyfriend um, or partner, I should say, uh, is has been a patient for a while, I was like, oh, they found a good reason for Billy Porter to sing, yay. And then they bring MJ Rodriguez in and they sing, they sing Home from The Wiz and it's beautiful and lovely and just like, oh. It was so good. Uh, I don't know that they will f- come up with a legit reason for them to ever sing again. If they do, I'm on board because, like, they can sing. Um, if they don't, then I respect that, too. But i that's my main thing. I, just, I needed to play that song to lead us into one of the segments this week. And I wanted to say, you know, if again, if you're not watching Pose, you miss you're missing out on Billy Porter singing on your TV, and also MJ Rodriguez singing on your TV. But Billy Porter sings twice this week, so like, just that's enough of a reason. Go watch it. Um, let's so let's move on to our last episode of the week, and that is Claus, vaginologist. And I don't buy for a second Uncle Daddy not being dead. That's a we like Dean Norris situation. Um, uh, and other than that, I thought this was a fun, again, completely upend the show kind of move. Were you surprised by our twist at the end? I wasn't like super surprised because I feel like, um, Dr. G has been sort of cagey enough with everyone Mm -hmm. 
that it's not super surprising that he's literally and figuratively in bed with Salta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like is probably playing every possible angle to solidify the Haitians hold or are they Haitians? I forget. Um, but his particular gang's hold on the drug and crime mm-hmm. setting here. And so that I wasn't like surprised, surprised. I always felt like he was stringing, stringing Desna along. Mm-hmm. So that that felt like a given in so, any capacity. But to have like confirmation of it here um, was good as we're going forward because now it means like Desna has to get serious and can't like keep looking this particular gift ho- horse in the mouth. But also, hopefully, it's something that maybe even though I think the show's like as its interest has moved beyond caring about Desna's dream, like we talked about last week of like having her own nail salon that she runs. And that's very nice. The show probably has moved beyond that, which is I'm coming around on the fact that I think that's probably a bad idea, but um, there's still enough like good stuff within this episode and within this reveal that because Desna has like a little bit of information now that she can start up upending things and that i think is promising yeah. uh how did you feel about it i was surprised because i thought we were heading to, to a zalta v boo <laughs> um mm-hmm. uh, like choice and end of season or whatever i didn't buy for a second this like how committed desna is to Zalt. like that's come way too easily and way too quickly for me um, sure so i think that if yeah, now I see why they did that because they wanted this to be like a big thing. So fair enough. Um, but I thought the having Uncle Daddy just screw up his 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 play was appropriate and made sense. Yes. I would like this show, I think, a little better if they were willing to commit to some of these character deaths. But they've already shown that they're not with Roller and with, like, all sorts of different things. So it's just a matter of execution. I think I thought this was well executed. You know, this is entertainingly become a show that my dad and I both watch. So we'll text about it. Um, and, uh, and, and, and like, so we, we had both watched it. It was just like... This is it's just so crazy. It's just insane. This is an insane show and it's delightful and super fun. I loved Dean's dance. I love that they that they let him just be uh sexual and and really in his skin and um like just crushing it out there. Um they they tiptoe I think a bit too much towards like, everybody will laugh at you. And then, like, it's a bit obvious the way that they start the, that arc in this episode. But I think the payoff was so satisfying and so well executed that I'm willing to give them kind of a, a little bit of a cheat or, like, a really blatant st- setup at the beginning. Um, and otherwise, it's just, yeah, now second half of the season. Let's bring it on. Yeah, that's pretty much where I am is, like, I'm we burned through so much in, like, five episodes that mm-hmm. I'm just, like... Part of me wants me to slow wants them to slow down like just a little bit, but then I'm just like we've got so many little gears turning now that I'm like oh maybe you shouldn't slow down maybe you should just keep going keep the throttle on. Um, I guess like my only question for you is do we care that Bryce is almost probably hopefully dead? <laughs> That's the thing is I don't trust that they'll actually make him be dead. So. Yeah. If they do, if I mean I actually almost kind of care more if they don't because you got to. Again, you got to commit to stuff. 
yeah. I think if you're if you want to play in this level of high stakes, then you, some level of um, fantasy and escapism and like ridiculous saves at the last second really works for the tone of the show. But if you never go like then, then each time you do it, you lose some of the power. It doesn't pack as much of a punch because we all know they're going to get out of it. So you know, yeah. we'll we'll see. But um, yeah, I, I imagine this is part of Jennifer's arc, and there's more to come. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably more to come. Um, I'd, I'd prefer if he was just dead, but that's just me. Yeah, that would be part of her arc as well. Well, what wins yeah. your week in genre in drama? Steven Universe wins. He was so I good. won't get to do it again for how who knows how long, but it's Steven, yeah. I'm so excited. Yay! It was a wonderful episode. And like it, it, I liked that last episode so much, it really helped me like the rest of the week even more. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yay, Steven Universe, we love you. Um, now we'll take a break and come back with our preview of San Diego Comic-Con 2018's TV panels. We'll be right back after this. Hello, Comic-Con. Bonjour. 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 Hodor. Riding the shuttle from my distant motel. Can't wait to see that sacred hall. Comics are an abomination. Sense of spandex and pleather all around me. Oh, look, there's Loki and Darth Maul. Well, oh, that's not screen accurate. Gonna get a ton of swag, enough to fill this Gotham bag. Oh, God, I'll have to drag this stuff around all day. And they have hot dogs here. I pray the Star Wars panel has a trailer. I hope Ben Affleck signs my boob. Hall H feels empty without Kevin Feige. So freaking pumped to see Deadpool. Show me the chimichangas. Bought some vintage Klingon wine. We're back with the Televerse, and it is that time of year once again, everyone. It's time for Comic-Con. Every year I'm like, we can do this in not too long, and then it takes an hour and a half. This year, listeners, I'm telling you right now, 40 minutes. So we're going to run we're down. We're just going to skip some days. <laughs> we're just going to be like, no, they don't matter. Who shows up on Thursday? No one shows up on Thursday. <laughs> no, that's not true. Lots that's of not, people show up on that's Thursday. That's not true. Yeah. Um, I put all this stuff into Excel, and so I could see the number of panels. And I was surprised. There's only nine TV panels on Sunday. Uh, and But there's like 40 on, on Thursday. It's crazy. Um, so what we're going to do, listeners, is we're going to tell you, we're going to go day by day. We're going to go chronologically and say what day, what time, what room these panels are in. And then anything, like the name of the panel, what it's plugging, and if there's anything interesting about it that we think. And then at the end, we'll give a few thoughts of like, Obviously, I will be there, so I'll say the things I'm most interested in, and then, Noel, you can give your thoughts on what, if anything, you would want to go to at Comic-Con. This or what I'm going to ask you to go to. Yeah, that too. That too. Um, so, to kick things off, Comic-Con begins on next week, Thursday, um, which is next week, uh, July 19th, but there's always preview night, which is on Wednesday, and they're continuing their tradition of the Ballroom 20 world premiere screening, so they're going to screen the pilot of Manifest, which is a, a new show on NBC about a plane full of people that hit some turbulence and eventually lands, but it's been hours for them and five years for everybody else, and mystery. Um, so that, that's going to premiere, and then they're also going to show new episodes of The 100 and Freedom Fighters The Ray, which I did not know was a thing. I assume that's like CW? Um, yeah, no, that's, yeah, Russell Tobey's yeah. Um, character from the crossover. Yeah, that's a web, CW web 
um, animated series like uh, The Vixen. Oh, okay, cool. So, so those are the, if you're looking for something to go to Wednesday night, those are fun, and um, it's really easy to get in. So you can always do that. You don't have to wait in line. Don't wait in line. There's no need to wait in line. Go get a go get a beer. Go get some coffee or whatever. Go to the cat cafe and then come for the screenings at six o'clock on Wednesday in Baltimore Twenty. Um, Let's move on to Thursday when things really kick off. So on Thursday at 10 a.m., Indigo Ballroom, there are so many music panels. Like, it's ridiculous. How there's I didn't even include all of them because I only included the ones that actually listed people who are notable TV composers in them. But at 10 a.m. on Thursday, there's the sixth annual musical Anatomy of a Superhero, which is where they have superhero composers come come in so they've got composers from deadpool 2 and wolverine ant-man and wasp uh christoph beck who's the composer for ant-man and the wasp people will know was also the composer for buffy the vampire slayer the tv show um they have the composer from back lightning they have like neely from the flash legends and arrow um yes any thoughts on that i mean i'm i'd be curious to hear um how um kurt uh Farquhar, who scores black lightning sort of configures into this since that score is definitely the most distinct of these um especially on the television level it's very different from a lot of what Blake Neely does within the same sort of production house um but yeah I'd also be curious to see what uh, Marco Beltrami has to say about Logan and the Wolverine as well um because the score for Logan's very good Hmm. yeah at the same time in uh, Room 25 ABC, behind the music, 10th anniversary, Crime, Death, and Resurrection. That's right. There are two movie and TV music panels at the same time on Thursday. This one has uh, composers from Mr. Robot and American Horror Story, This Is Us, uh, Marvel's Runaways, Teen Titans Go, Splitting Up Together, Series of Unfortunate Events, Riverdale, Dear White People, This Is Us, and oh, sorry, it's moderated by uh, by people from This Is Us and uh, by John Dunwardus from This Is Us and Sarah Rue from Series of Unfortunate events um yeah so uh, again like i'm interested in the composing for black lightning like you had said as well because again it's such a distinct sound of these ones like these are actually some really interesting sounding shows like this very specific music for like mr robot versus uh you know a series of unfortunate events versus dear white people uh so so again these are probably ones i don't usually go to the composing ones because they tend to be more 101 and i want to ask super nerdy questions <laughs> but if you're at all interested i mean these are some sh- at least they they have composers that are doing interesting things uh-huh. that's super true yeah over at still at 10 a.m uh, in thursday 6a room 6a car uh kids vo cartoon voices so it's voice actors uh from different kids shows so there's zach Calson, who of course we love from steven universe laia hayes from doc mcstuffins justin felbinger from miles from tomorrowland and amphibia sean ryan peterson from victor and valentino and Haley chu from big hero six so they're gonna they're gonna read a script together and they're gonna just talk about being a uh, i assume they're all young people in voiceover so that's kind of cool yeah that is kind of cool um especially since probably a lot of people want to get into voice acting and come to comic-con to sort of explore that idea and that's a good panel for that yeah um also at 10 (laughs) a.m thursday room 6 de we're not from round here star versus the forces of evil and uh big city greens so they're gonna have voice uh they're gonna have voice cast they're gonna have executive producers they'll have q a they're gonna do a live table read um different clips and stuff now we've been here for a while that we should check out star versus the forces of evil i still haven't i haven't either yeah sadly 
but this so this is a panel that people might be interested in checking out maybe i'll get to there um there's at 11 a.m still on thursday in the indigo ballroom behind the scenes of freeform's siren they're gonna promo season two talk about season one uh they'll have the cast and the the producers this is gonna be moderated by chili from tlc which is just okay I don't okay. know what the connection there is, but okay. That's cool. Let's do it. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, then at 11 a.m. in room 5B, spotlight on Larry Houston, who was uh, the producer director of the X-Men animated series from the 90s. Um, he did a bunch of different shows, um, and like Spider-Man, G.I. Joe, Johnny Quest, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Captain Planet. So there, there's a bunch of shows like that. So that'll be, you know, interview with him, um, which is neat. Then also at 11 a.m., there's a lot of Thursday TV, guys, especially Thursday morning. Also at 11 a.m. on Thursday, we have Sounds of Mayhem, music and audio and action films and TV, a third music panel. Um, so they're going to have people who do c- uh, composing, but also sound mixing and editing, which is, that's interesting to me. Um, there's a bunch of movie guys, but there's Leo Bernberg and I, I say guys very specifically. There are very few female composers invited to speak at Comic-Con this year. There, I think there are two, which is more than ever in the show, in Comic-Con's history, which is sad. Last year there was one. I was like, ooh, yay. This year there's two. Um, but anyway, so Leo uh, Birnbang, uh, uh, Birnberg and Zach Robinson from Cobra Kai are going to be there. But the rest of the people are, are movie people. Um, is this of interest to you at all? Like more interesting, less interesting than the composing panels? Less interesting to me than the composing panels, but I could also use Composing 101, so that's how I kind of fall on that. Would you rather go to this one? Um, well, I, I don't know much about the other sound editing and mixing things, so like, and mm-hmm. how they put all that together, so that, m- that might be yeah. more interesting. Um, so far, I'm like, I'll get brunch. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's where I'm at. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I know, I, my sister and I know all the good brunch places at this point. We've been going enough years. Um, my last one I'll do for, for now is Thursday, also at 11 a.m., 7 a.b., When Earthlings Become Martians, National Geographic's Mars, season two. So they're, they're going to have uh, different experts and some of the actors from that uh, National Geographic show talking about like what what it would take to get to mars what you would need on mars that kind of stuff that's fun for the mars nerds out there or the space travel nerds out there and i do not doubt that there will be a bunch of them at comic-con it is not interesting to me uh what what about you i would probably go to that of the if i wasn't going to like one of the music things i'd probably go to that um not that i would watch that but i like mars mars is interesting the first things i'm (laughs) kind of interested in are yeah. coming up here coming after up 11. Here. So, so yeah. Noel, kick us off. Yeah, What's so you next? need to wrap up brunch, I guess. Yeah. Um, so Thursday at 11.15 at Ballroom 20, uh, the Charmed panel for the reboot is going to be screening uh, the pilot and the stars and the producers are going to be there as well to talk about it. Um, are you going to this or are you going to something else uh, 30 minutes later? Well, it depends on the line situation. I'm assuming that it won't be worth trying to get to the other thing you're going to mention soon um, yeah. because of the line. Yeah. But, you know, I do not underestimate the line for Charmed either. Yeah. No, no you kidding. Know, Mm. Yeah. That's a bit at the second largest room at the con, Ballroom 20, but like still. Mm-hmm. We'll okay. see. Um, so at 11.45, also on Thursday in 6 BCF, uh, it's the 10th anniversary of the Star Wars The Clone Wars. Um, so Dave Filani, who's been the mastermind basically behind uh, Star Wars animation since The Clone Wars, is going to be there along with some other guests. This I would definitely go to. Mm-hmm. Um just because Filani is a really engaging speaker and he talks really well about 
his shows and the clone wars is just a really excellent television series as well um so yeah i would go to this i would go to this in a heartbeat nice yeah i yeah. i'm still seeing clone wars i've liked the little bits i've seen but you know it's a yeah, it's, it's no. a blind spot for me yeah um so on thursday eleven forty-five in hall h is the BBC America's official Doctor Who panel. So Judy Whitaker is going to be there along with uh, new crit, uh, new showrunner Chris uh, Chanel. Chibnall. I missed a beat. Chibnall. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Um, is going to be there as well with a couple of other folks. So I imagine that will be a very exciting panel without Chris Hardwick. Yeah. So, yep. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Uh, and that's, that's ultimately what matters is that Chris Hardwick is not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you're not going to bother because it's line's not worth it. It's probably um, going to be all night. Yeah. 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 That's, that's fine. Um, so 12 o'clock in the Indigo Ballroom uh, from one of the YouTube originals is Impulse about a mother and daughter who moved to a mysterious town and the daughter learns that she can teleport. Uh, this is from executive producers, uh, probably most notably uh, Doug Lyman, um, and um, starring Maddie Hassan and Missy Pyle. Oh, Missy Pyle. Is she playing the mom? That's cool. Yeah. Um, Missy Pyle deserves more work. Mm-hmm. If only I cared enough to buy YouTube bread, which I don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I saw that the daughter was named Henrietta, but she goes by Henry, and I was like, I know everything. Is, I Brian, Fuller, is Brian Fuller doing this? <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's happening at 12 in the Indigo Ballroom. At 1 in the Indigo Ballroom, uh, you get your first look at a new thriller called Origin. Outsiders try to find, start over when they're stranded on an asteroid, um, and one of them is who they claim not to be. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Um, so this is headlined by Tom Felton, who of course played, um, what's his name? Malfoy in the Harry Potter franchise. And Natalia Tenna, who plays Tonks and was in Game of Thrones. Yeah, oh. There you go. See, I've, I didn't recognize her name, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known that. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, okay, sure. Sounds fine. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's one of the executive producers on this uh, and creator as well, it looks like, based on your credit here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so maybe, I don't know. Um, is this like a, oh, it's a YouTube original sci-fi thriller. Okay, that's, YouTube's got a big presence here. I've been noticing when I was cycling through this. Yeah. 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 Well, there's more room since there are significantly fewer people showing up. There you go. This. <laughs> um, so also in Ballroom 20 uh, at 1 p.m. is The Discovery of Witches, which is a new series. Um, where's this airing? I don't uh, remember. This is, uh, it's in the, it's a, a UK movie? series. I want to say it's either. Oh, UK. Sky, Sky, I think you said. Yeah. 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 Um, and the, so, the, I'm not interested in this, the storyline yeah. is it based on a series of books um yeah. it just sounds really uninteresting but then again you know outlander storyline sounds un- uninteresting and it's actually really good so yeah and this does cast. have it does it's got Teresa palmer it's got matthew good it's got alex alex kingston so that's a really solid cast yeah not enough to necessarily make me tune in to it whenever i guess it gets picked up over here but yeah we'll see um, so at 1 p.m. on still on Thursday in 29 ABC is Not So Strange Bedfellows, the relationship between comics and professional wrestling. So a number of folks are going to come over from uh, comics and wrestling, it looks like, based on this, and also 
probably some like writers, wrestling mm-hmm. writers. Uh, and compare and contrast comics and pro wrestling, which is an interesting concept. And I'll be really curious to see what they talk about in this, um, whether it be something like just fight choreography or this idea of staging serialized narratives or rivalries between archvillains and heroes. I mean, that could be kind of interesting to see. I yeah. like the novelty of that is really compelling, I think. I never would have thought of it, but then I saw that, then I started thinking, I was like, oh, actually, that's a really great idea. There's a lot there yeah. if you want to dive in with it and clearly they do so that's cool yeah um so also at one o'clock in seven ab uh is the pitching hour so ideas from concept through production so a number of folks are going to be there to sort of discuss that whole process um which is this is like an annual thing that they do right yeah there's a bunch yeah. more of those that i just stopped yeah. typing into our document um there's some mm-hmm. about uh writers rooms how to get into a writer's room um how mm-hmm. to how to pitch how to develop ideas more on like the production side of things um okay. people might care about some of the cast the actors who are going to be there people from timeless uh, malcolm barrett from timeless and people from insecure and some other shows but um mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so it, that can be fun. Certainly if you don't have anything else you're looking to go to, um, maybe check it out. Yeah, whereas I think I'd probably go to this. This sounds kind of compelling. Um, 1 p.m. in 25 ABC, shattering stereotypes, badass female scientists in the lab and on the screen. Uh, so local female scientists and creative teams behind movies and television shows discuss what it means to be a woman in science. So um, people whose names I don't immediately recognize um or there to talk about this but this topic sounds really interesting and this i think i would probably go to of sort of like the 1 p.m block stuff mm-hmm. um that just sounds really interesting i think yeah. um and hopefully it's like a good panel with some really good questions in it yeah i'm more likely to be heading over to indigo uh for reasons that we'll get to shortly than that one but if i find myself in that room i would probably enjoy that panel at 1 30 on thursday and 24 abc we have roddenberry presents and which is going to be a look at back at deep space nine uh, with Rob Roddenberry and some other people, they're gonna. They say that they have some new stuff, which I'm skeptical about that. But maybe they do have <laughs> never before and see, before seen footage, um, and they're gonna. It sounds seems like it's more there to to promote their original film that they're doing instinct instant, I should say. Um, and they're gonna talk about some stuff about the, their podcast too. So I would not go to that one if your main thing is DS9, unless you're also interested in the other things that they will be discussing. Um, at 1:45 in room 6A, we have. Have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Nickelodeon. This is their their new show. They're going to have the voice cast, the co-executive producers, and uh, Rob Paulson will be there. He's uh, doing some voice directing on this. Uh, of interest? I mean, they're rebooting it again, but Rob Paulson is someone to like go listen to. I mean, he's mm-hmm. been with the, that franchise forever, and he's been in voice acting forever as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. But I know where you're going to be. And that's in uh, Indigo Ballroom at 2 p.m. for Anything Goes with John Barrowman. Uh, my sister and I went, caught part of his show last year, his panel, and it's just super fun. It's just ridiculous. It's just like a, just, you know, him him just being funny and doing like, uh, uh, like a cabaret kind of show he sings he tells stories it's, it's good times um also at 2 p.m in room 5ab so say we all 40 years of Battlestar galactica which is a panel they do every year um looking at the original Battlestar galactica galactica in 1980 and then the the reboot um in also at 2 p.m in 7ab where you would want to be i think right is the viz media panel my hero academia yeah. one punch man tokyo ghoul and sailor moon 
I mean, One Punch Man is a very good show. Um, and so Sailor Moon, though, I think they're probably talking about the new Sailor Moon as opposed to the old one. But One Punch Man is good. But no, I'd probably still be in the, um, whatchamacallit, I'd probably still be in the... I thought probably Lady Scientist? The, I'd probably still be in the Lady Scientist panel at that point. Fair so. enough. Um, yeah. 215 in Bob 20, Bobcat Goldthwaite's Misfits and Monsters. He's got a new True TV anthology series that he's doing. So he'll be there along with Eugene Merman, who's moderating and is very funny. Um, and then there's some other uh, panelists who will be there as well talking about the show and you know pr- promoing it. Uh, 3 p.m. in the Indigo Ballroom, we have Sci-Fi's Night Flyers, which is basically Psycho in Space. Horror on a spaceship. Um, executive producers and the cast will be there, which includes Gretchen Mall, who is very, very good. Um, oh, cool. So that's interesting. But a bunch of other people, too. Uh, 3.30 in Hall H, Better Call Saul is having their panel, and they're going to promo their upcoming fourth season. A lot of the cast is going to be there. Bob Odenkirk, Rhea Seahorn, uh, uh, Michael Mando, who, of course, we also love from Orphan Black, um, Patrick Fabian, Giancarlo Esposito, Vince Gilligan, and Peter Gold. Of course, the showrunners will also be there for that. Yeah, so continuing on Thursdays at 4 p.m. By the way, we're not doing no, this in we're 20 not. minutes. No. Um, Van Helsing is going to be 4 p.m. at the Indigo Ballroom. That's sci-fi is Van Helsing. Uh, so Neil Laboot is, is going to be there, um, as well as some of the cast are going to be showing some new footage from uh, Season 3 with that. Um, 4 p.m. and 7 AB, we wrote your childhood. This is a panel about 90s cartoons. So writers from Rugrats, Recess, Hey Arnold, Pepper Ann, Angela Anaconda, ah, real monsters, um, are all going to be there to talk. That sounds like a great deal of fun. And mm-hmm. also just pure nostalgia bait. If only it weren't for something else that's at 4.30, I would probably totally <laughs> go for that. Um, would you, would you, I mean, a lot of this was like cable programming. I didn't so this have was probably, cable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so at 4 p.m. and 5 a.b. in what sounds like the dullest possible thing uh, <laughs> is Westworld. I'm the right kind of nerd for that. Yeah, uh, Westworld has a panel called Further Beyond Frontier Law. So attorneys and professors discuss the legal questions posed by season two of Westworld. This and... is not a panel from the Westworld people. This is a no. completely separate thing just talking about Westworld. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we should note and yeah. explain. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that it veers a little too much into like philosophy of type mm-hmm. of things, and I always get really antsy around those t- kind of discussions. Um, which is why I'm just like, mm-hmm. um, at four fifteen in six uh, A, stolen Thursdays, um, CBS is just like, who wants to see the new Magnum PI? And the answer will be very few people. <laughs> no, yeah. not at Comic Con. Yeah. That is, there is a niche group of people that will be very excited for that. There'll be a Comic Con. Oh, well, and that's I've good. Sat then. next to them during other pilot screenings and been like, "This is terrible," and they're loving it. So they will have a good time, and that's great. Good for them. I'm glad that good they will for them. Enjoy it. <laughs> but uh, that just sounds not not where I'm going to be. I can- Plus, I can also already watch the Magnum P.I. panel anyway, mm-hmm. um, pilot anyway. Um, so at 4.30 in Hall H, there's going to be the Breaking Bad 10th anniversary celebration. Lots of 10th anniversaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so cast creator Vince Gilligan is going to be there. Sounds fine if you haven't been reading about Breaking Bad for like the past 10 years, I guess. <laughs> um, It'll be fun. It's a fun cast. The whole cast. Yeah, is it is there. a very fun cast. That's yeah. true. Um, but I think... We both know where we're going to be, maybe. maybe I'm going to be in line. I'm not going to yeah, be, be, be at the next thing, unfortunately. Yeah. 
Okay. So at 4.30 in the Horton Grand Theater, um, Superheroes of Body Positivity, my one big hang-up about this is who's sponsoring it. Mm. Uh, so Conservation with Steven Universe is Rebecca Sugar and Friends. So this is sponsored by the Dell of uh, Self-Esteem Project, who if you've been watching Steven Universe on Cartoon Network, they do a little promo with Amethyst and Jasper that normally runs right before episodes. So Sugar and experts from that Self-Esteem Project will hold a conversation on the importance of body positivity, both in the real world and the animated world. So I'm more interested in the latter discussion and depicting different kinds of bodies in animation but dove is like a company is not like one of my favorites mm-hmm. but um this sounds like a good panel to at least have and body positivity is always a good thing to sort of be have present within uh fan space yeah definitely um so at 4:45 in ballroom 20 uh sci-fi wire hosts the great debate is this where you're going to be no unfortunately it's no. not i really enjoyed this last last year though i was about to say yeah you did yeah um, i had a really so fun this time is, this is a big nerd debate uh so like felicia day adam savage janet varney Orlando jones john barrowman are all going to be there and aisha tyler is uh hosting moderating it and yeah i was surprised you weren't gonna go to this because you had a blast at oh, the last one you'll you'll see when we get a few okay. lower oh is it because you're going to the indigo ballroom at 5 p.m are you going to the z nation uh, totally. discussion with dj qualls and the rest of the um creatives um and a, sp- a special surprise guest uh, for Sci-Fi Z Nation, I know that's where you're going to be. They're going to be promoting mm-hmm. season five here. No, it's not where you're going to be. I see how you. I see how you cut this so that you get to do this part. I see. <laughs> I see how this is. I see how this is. Why don't you tell everyone where you're going to be at 5:45, Kate? Where I'm going to be is I'm going to have been in line for a few hours to make sure that I'm in room 6A at 5:45 for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend: The Final Curtain Call. 6A is one of the larger rooms. It is not a large enough room in my estimation, so <laughs> I will be camped ahead. Uh, sitting through some other panels I do not care about to make sure that I'm here for this. Um, this is they're going to promote uh, season four. They're going to do some performing. I, I, we know that uh, Rachel Bloom will be there, and uh, Elaine Brosh McKenna is going to be there. It's moderated by Michael McMillian, so maybe he'll sing the buzzing from the bathroom. Um, yes, <laughs> they're going to have some like clips and things, but uh, it's just it's going to be. I mean, like crazy girlfriends at Comic Con. That is yeah. awesome. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, so that all means I will not be at the 60E Science of Star Trek panel uh, where they have uh, writers from TV shows and, and science scientists and stuff talk about Science of Star Trek. Um, I will not be in the Indigo Ballroom at 6 p.m. for Black Summer, which is a Netflix original series that's a spinoff from Z Nation, hence why it's following up the Z Nation panel in the Indigo Ballroom. Uh, I will not be <laughs> in Ballroom <laughs> 20 at 6 for Marvel's Iron Fist to promote season two with jeff loeb and surprise panelists um yeah but maybe i'll be able to get over to indigo at 7 p.m for brooklyn 99's panel there's a brooklyn 99 that makes me so happy that makes me really happy too but i mean i think i'd probably go to the iron fist panel because i want to know who these surprise panelists are that's that's not a thing I would do. <laughs> um, there is a, for, for the nerds out there uh, interested in this, there is a panel at 8 p.m. on Thursday at In Room 28DE about fictional languages and TV, comics, and film. They're going to talk about, amongst other things, uh, Kryptonian, Gallifreyan, Elvish, Dothraki, and Klingon. That's kind of cool. Um, at 8 p.m. as well in 25 ABC, Psychology of Cult TV Shows, Episode 5. So it's the fifth year that they're doing this. Um, so they have, uh, you know, some no, uh, names I recognized, Rachel Miner is going to be there. Uh, Ruth Connell is going to be there. They have, they'll have some psychologists and other people there as well. Um, 
but it sounds like you're, you would give that a wide berth, yes? Yeah, I would. Like, I'm always really wary about that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, and Greg Wiseman's going to be there as well. And a lot of animation folks will recognize uh, Wiseman's name. Yeah. Um, the last panel, TV panel of Thursday is in room, it's at 8 p.m. Again, in room 7AB. And that's Stephen King's Mr. Mercedes uh, promoing season two. Uh, I didn't watch season one. But, you know, if you did and you liked it, you can go check out their panel for season two. That completes Thursday. Woo! We did Thursday in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah, that 40 Uh, minutes thing. Oh, well. Maybe an hour. We'll see. Take us to Friday. Right. So Friday at 10 a.m. in Hall H, it's the Dr. Horrible sing-along blog reunion. So fresh off his landing series at HBO, Joss Whedon will be there. Jed Whedon's there. Nathan Fillion. Felicia Day um, and Marissa Tancheron's there, uh, notably missing his NPH. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. You, mm. Did you hear that uh, Joss Whedon's new uh, show is about damaged women Late. who get superpowers? Yeah, and, how about that? Yeah. How about that? Um, yeah. And he said that HBO is just really great at the cinematic long form. And I threw myself off of a bridge. Yeah. Um, at 10 a.m. in room four, you've got intro to TV writing. So Spear, Skits, Notes, um, Kato Simu's. Um, she moves from the Arrowverse franchise, uh, as well as a couple of other writers, um, are going to be there to discuss writing for television. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be interesting, I guess, for those who want to break into that. Uh, 10 a.m. in the Indigo Ballroom. It's Adventure Time, Kate. Mm-hmm. Live musical performances and a series finale trailer, which hopefully will have new material in it. Than the other trailer that we have the for thirty it. second one, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, are you gonna are you gonna make your way to this or well, try to? You have to be in line early because the Adventure yeah. Time line, you know, the the, the Indigo yeah. Ballroom line on Friday is an awesome line to be in because there's lots mm-hmm. of really great costumes. It's all animation and and like adult swim comedies, and then later in the day, Bob's mm-hmm. Burgers and Archer. Like so, like that's the vibe of the Indigo line. Um, yeah. So it's a fun line to be in, but uh, I will I I would like to go to that. We'll see if I make it there. It's less of a priority because a certain other panel is no longer immediately following Adventure Times the way it has been all the other years I've been at Comic-Con. More on that when we get to Saturday. But next up on the list is... The Black Panel, uh, which features Isaiah Washington, Joe Elledge, uh, Sean Martinborough, Bernard Chang, uh, Jake Sweeney, George Clinton, LaShonda Clinton, uh, Kevin Turner, and uh, Michael Davis. I don't know what this is. Uh, yeah, this is a panel they do every year uh, at Comic-Con. Uh, this is at 10 a.m. on Friday in Room 5AB. Um, and it's talking about the, the the current like sort of state of entertainment and, um, yeah, and that's what pop I culture for, yeah. for, for black representation and um, creatives and all this sort of thing. Uh, they lost me when they said Isaiah Washington. Uh, yeah. So normally I feel bad about missing it because usually in the previous years, um, CV Universe has been at the same time. And so that's why okay. I haven't been able to go. I've wanted to go in the past, but mm-hmm. i not interested in going to something with Isaiah Washington. So uh, don't feel bad about missing that one this year. That's fair. Um, so 10 a.m. in 6 BCF, uh, Voltron Legendary Defender is going to be there. Uh, so some of the uh, voice cast, like Reese Darby's, Bex Taylor Klaus, are going to be there, as well as some of the writers and executive producers slash directors slash storyboards, because animation people wear a lot of hats so Joaquin Dos Santos, Laura Montgomery and Josh Hamilton are all going to be there uh, they had one of their seasons drop uh, like late May, early June it was actually really really good I didn't talk about it on the podcast but it was a really good like um, drop of 6-7 episodes 
Um, so yeah, I think that they're they're like in a transitionary point as like a series. So I'll be really curious what's what they what they were talk about. Um, at ten fifteen, also in ballroom twenty, it's inside the Big Bang Theory's writers' room. They're going to be promoting uh, season twelve and presumably talking about the process of putting together an episode in which Chuck Lorre gets a story or a teleplay credit, even though he didn't write anything. Um, because that's kind of how yeah. that writer's room works. They, um, they've been doing this panel for several years now. Uh, one of the yeah. first years they did it, they gave away a free ticket to space. To, to oh, that's was, cool. Yeah, they haven't done that since, uh, to my knowledge. But, you know, who knows what will happen if you go to the Big Bang Theory writer's room panel. Um, so um, at 10.30 a.m. and 6.00 a, Hasbro's My Little Pony. Um, so my it's going to be My Little Pony Friendship is Magic stuff. So Tara Strong. Um, Kathy um, Wesluck, Wesluck and Andrea Libman are going to be there on the panel to discuss My Little Pony. I didn't know that this was still on, to be honest with you. I didn't know that uh, there was My Little Pony Equestria Girls. Like, I didn't know there was a spinoff or whatever. Yeah, I'm assuming that focuses on, like, the little ponies um, mm-hmm. from the show. And then, finally, for my segment uh, for Friday at 11 a.m. and 29 A.B., Retro Fans Unite! Retro Fan Magazine uh, featuring Martin... Pesky, Pasco, uh, Andy Mangles, and Scott Slaw. I have no idea what this is. Sure. Yeah, they, they're going to be talking about some just different things, including some retro animation and other things like that. So there, okay. there is some TV content in there, but I feel like more it's more if you know Retro Fan Magazine, then, yeah. then that's going to be your jam. Um, on Friday, 11.15 a.m., Hall H has ABC's, AMC's, I should say, Fear the Walking Dead. They're going to preview the second half of season four with the cast and uh, showrunners and everything. They even have great and- material there which is fun hopefully a bunch of people boo them for firing carrie <laughs> yeah not carrie coon kim. um kim kim dickens kim dickens yeah 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 um, hopefully that happens oh that'd be nice at eleven thirty a.m in indigo ballroom the fully Kali panel um with uh producers voice cast some of the directors and the senior vp of on, on air over at adult swim so that could be interesting Eleven thirty mm-hmm. on friday ballroom 20 histories hit drama vikings they're gonna give a mid season five sneak peek with the cast and creators and writers um they they vikings always turns it out at comic-con mm-hmm. they usually bring they 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 burned a Viking ship last year. It was awesome. It was very cool. They actually had like a full-size Viking funeral in the bay. It was very cool. Um, at 11.45 in 6A, we have Zag Heroes Miraculous, which is apparently about uh, a panel about Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir. I don't know these shows. Um, but nope. they're going to preview the new season, and they're going to do a reading of the script. There's the the voice director, uh, Ezra Weiss, is going to be there with the voice cast. So if that's your jam, check it out. Um, noon on Friday, uh, Space Command in the Neil Morgan Auditorium at the library. They're going to premiere their first episode. This is something that's been sort of like brewing over the past several years at Comic-Con. So they finally have their first episode. So you can check that out. Uh, 12.15 in Hall H, AMC's The Walking Dead panel. They're going to preview season nine, and they're going to have the whole cast there. Uh, and it's going to be moderated, of course, by Event Nicole Brown. Uh, 12.30. We don't care about that. Yes, I can move right on. Yeah. Okay. At 12.30 in Indigo, we have uh, Dream Corp LLC, which is uh, an Adult Swim show that I did not know about. But they're going to give the first look at that. I'll probably show a pilot. And they have the creators and cast there. And it's going to be moderated by Jimmy Simpson, which is an interesting and fun choice. Uh, also at 12.30. On Friday, Room 6DE, we have DC Superhero Girls, which is, uh, they're going to show a pilot 
Um, they, they're, this is about there's comics, but there's also a new Cartoon Network series for that. So they have comics guy people there and and uh, and uh, Cartoon Network people there for that too. So that should be yeah. Interesting. Lauren Faust is heading that up, so she'll be there. Yeah, um, and uh, then at twelve forty five in Ballroom Twenty, we have the Hulu World Premiere screening of Castle Rock. I keep hearing good things about this one, so I might try to check that out if I don't need to be somewhere else. Um, the cast this, is really good. Yeah, this is going to have uh, creators and executive producers. I mean, Sissy Spacek is going to be at Comic Con. That's kind of awesome. It's crazy. Uh, Bill Someone asked her about po- about Popeye. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> and then Melanie Lewinsky and uh, Jane Levy from uh, Suburbicon. Uh, no. Suburgatory, that's the one. Um, so, so yeah. So, who knows? Again, I keep hearing good things from people who have seen it. Uh, if you would take it away, sir, what's next? Yeah. So Friday, one p.m., six a. Invader Zim enter the Florpus. Um, so the Invader Zim creator will be there as well as some the art director and the voice cast. Um, I was never into Invader Zim, so this isn't like a big sort of thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, at one thirty p.m. in Indigo Ballroom, uh, Adult Swim continues with the Venture Brothers. They're going to discuss the upcoming seventh season. Uh, so the writers and voice talent are there. So James Urbanak, um, Jackson Public, Doc Hammer, they're all there. It's a fun um, panel. Like even yeah, if they no, have I nothing bet. to promote, it is a fun yeah. panel. Um, so at one thirty p.m. in Hall H is Star Trek Discovery. So the cast and executive producers, uh, well, producer um, Alex Kurtzman as well as um, Heather um, Carden are going to be there. The only reason I would consider going <laughs> to this, Kate, yeah, the only reason is that it is for some reason moderated by Tignataro. She's going to be and, on next uh, season. Oh, right. She is going to be on next season. I forgot about that because I didn't want to watch next season. And <laughs> that makes me want to watch next season. But yeah, so Tignataro is going to be moderating. It's like the only reason I would consider going. Um, <laughs> anything so far for you? I'm just like blazing through these. That's okay. He's, <laughs> just keep, I mean, I, I'll chime in if I have thoughts. Okay. All right. So 2.30 p.m. in Stolen Friday in the Indigo Ballroom, Robot Chicken. Uh, we'll be having their Adult Swim panel. Um, so head writers, uh, Breck and Meyer, um, Tom, um, Tom Shepard. And since she's already in town, Rachel Bloom's going to be there too. Um, hey, that's a good enough reason. Yeah, that's a good enough reason. Uh, 3.30 in Indigo, uh, Final Space. Um, so the TBS animated series that you and I did a couple of episodes of and then have not discussed away since, from. Yeah. <laughs> um, is going to be there. Um, so Olin Rogers, David Sachs, and, a couple, and Tom Kenny, and a couple of other folks involved with the show are going to be there. Uh, so here we go. Here we go. 3.30 p.m. 6A, DuckTales. <laughs> um, so executive producer uh, Matt Youngberg, as well as uh, uh, Huey, Louie, and Dewey. Swartz, Huey, Louie, and Dewey, as well as um, Tokes Olengandoye. Beakley. Um, yeah, Beakley um, will be there. Um, and that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish Tenet was there. but Even yeah, without. I mean, like... Even without. It's be pretty good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 3.30 p.m. at Ballroom 20, um, Amazon Prime Video Showcase. So they're going to be discussing um, a bunch of their new shows as well as a couple of shows that they picked up. So Jack Ryan's going to be there. Chick's going to be there. Um, uh, Lore's going to be there. The Expanse is going to be there. So you've got Carlton Cuse. You've got Ben Ben Edlin. You've got Sam and Miss Mel. Uh, Neil Gaiman's going to be there. Gail Ann Hurd's going to be there. Uh, so really good group of people there to talk about their shows. Um, if any of those shows appeal to you, might be worth going. But that's also a lot of shows to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And you and could so, go to instead, what we know and is you a very could good go panel. To, yeah, is uh, the 4.15 Friday panel in the Indigo Ballroom of Bob's Burgers. So you've got everyone there. Yeah. And why wouldn't you want to go to that? Yeah, that's a good panel. Um, on Friday at 5 p.m. in 23 ABC, there's a panel on pop culture witches. Witches are once again having a moment. Um, they're going to talk about uh, and promote Charmed, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the new one, I would assume, and Supernatural. Yeah. Uh, they have uh, Ben Blacker is going to be there, the showrunners uh, from Charmed, uh, creators uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, some, some, uh, some different actors who play... Uh, witches and, and things. And then there's a practicing witch, Juliana Crouch, who's going to be there as well. Um, and some authors. So so that, you know, if that is your speed, that is your jam, that might be fun. Certainly it's interesting. Why is that having a moment now? There are certainly yeah. cultural hashtags, for example, that you could tie into that. And I'm sure they will. But I would be more interested in the 5 p.m. screening at the Horton Grand Theater of the premiere of One and a Earp. Um, this is being put on by IDW and Sci-Fi. They're going to have the cast there, the showrunner, uh, the comic creator. Uh, there's a separate One and a Earp panel as well. This is just to screen the premiere. Okay. Then at 5.15 in Indigo, following up on Bob's Burgers, like they have for the past several years, is the Archer panel, um, which is, again, a super fun panel to go see. It has the, the voice cast, the uh, executive producers, art directors, all of that. Then in Ballroom 20 at 5.45, Cloak and Dagger is going to have a panel with the cast and the showrunner, Joe P- uh, Pekaski. Uh, 6 p.m. on Friday, Mega Man Fully Charged, TV series premiere. Um, this is a new Cartoon Network show. Uh, they're going to also talk about the history of the character and, and sort of just like the 30-year history of Mega Man. A um, bunch of different people coming for that. Uh, then at 6 a and at 6 p.m. as well, The Passage. Uh, with, they're going to screen the, the premiere, which is coming this fall. Uh, they'll have some of the cast, Mark Paul Gossler, Sinia Sydney, Henry Ian Cusick, Jamie McShane, the executive producer is going to be there, director and author. Um, so, you know, you can check that one out. <laughs> 7 p.m. on Friday, 6 BCF. The last Sharknado, it's about time. So Ian Ziering, Tara Reed, Cassie Serbo are going to be there, and they'll have some guests as well. But I Shark- bet it's a shark. Sharknado does well at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they, they've had a big promo push for each of the Sharknados at Comic-Con. So that's that's pretty fun. Uh, so starting at 7.15 in room 6A, they're going to do marathon screenings of classic Twilight Zone episodes. So maybe that's a fun thing you can do. Uh, or you can head over to Hall H at 7.30 for AMC's Preacher. Um, the cast is going to be their executive producers and showrunner. Um, yeah, I'm not following this new season, so that's not necessarily my bag. But uh, I can know. ask my person about it if you're interesting, interested. She's been watching She's been it. keeping it up. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm also not that interested, uh, though I'm sure it's fun. Um, in the 9.15 p.m. 60E Dr. Horrible sing-along blog, Sing Along that they do every year. Uh, I'm more interested in this than in the panel because I'm still not in a good place with Joss Whedon. Uh, Though I'm sure it will be a very fun panel because Nathan Fillion is just panel gold. Every panel he's on. But uh, this is just the sing-along of the original uh, miniseries and uh, they're also going to screen the fans sequel, Dr. Horrible's unofficial sing-along sequel. Um, So that might be interesting if that's your jam. But that rounds out Friday. Right, so Saturday, 10 a.m., bright and early in the Indigo Ballroom, you need to go to the Steven Universe panel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I will be there. <laughs> the cast is there, um, and yeah, so yeah. it'll be the Steven Universe panel. Um, you know, I think it's very interesting that they're like, we got to split up Steven Universe and Adventure Time, just like nobody yeah. else. Because, like, 
like myself, the, all the Steven people were just camping and nobody else yeah. could get in. So I think that's why mm-hmm. they put it womp, womp. first thing on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so also t- 10 a.m. on Saturday at 6 a. Uh, Unikitty, a uh, new episode premiere and Q&A. I think this is the Cartoon Network ser- series mm-hmm. uh, that spun off from the Lego movie. Um, pulling people apart and making people choose between difficult things. Yes. 10 a.m. in 25 ABC, it's Avatar The Last Airbender, Legend, and Legacy. So focused on fan talent conversations with creatives from the show. This sounds like a really interesting sort of combo sort of panel. So you've got the voice cast, head writer, director, but also cosplay and a cosplay contest for devoted specifically to uh, Last Airbender. I find this kind of mashup really interesting and mm-hmm. really compelling. And I would maybe go to that yeah. um, if I wasn't camping out for Steven Universe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at 11 a.m. in Ballroom 20, uh, Black Lightning will have uh, a special video presentation in Q&A, which will be cool. 11 a.m. in Indigo Ballroom, following immediately after Steven Universe, and it feels like they know their audience a little bit. Um, NBC has The Good Place um, at Comic-Con. Ted Danson's at Comic-Con! Ted Danson's at Comic-Con. Sissy Spacek's at Comic-Con. The world's turned upside down. (laughs) So cast, um, executive producers, uh, Michael uh, Skr are all going to be there. Drew uh, Goddard. They're all there, so that will probably be amazing, and I cannot wait for you to tell me about it. Yep. Um, also at 11 a.m. and making people choose between difficult things, um, and also, I guess I won't be able to make you go to this, mm-hmm. um, 25 ABC, um, Avatar's head writer reveals his new series, which was announced earlier this week, The Dragon Prince. So they're offering a sneak peek inside a Netflix fantasy series. So this has um, Aaron Haas, Haas, Haas. Um, who worked on Avatar for a good long uh, time. This is also from uh, executive producer uh, Gina Carlo uh, Volupe, who has worked on a number of shows, including uh, the Green Lantern animated series. Volupe is really smart. I really like him a lot. Um, so this I'm actually very excited about, but I'd much rather go to Steven and The Good Place. I did not yeah. know these were competing. No, I know, right? I was, like, was going to make you go to this, and now like I can't. nothing I care about, and then three things I care about at the same time. Yeah, that's not fair. That's yeah. not fair. Um, 11 a.m. and 23 ABC is costume design for television films. So we've got the costume designers from uh, Captain Marvel, um, Star Trek Beyond, Supergirl, uh, Orville, Stargate, uh, and then Titans, the forthcoming Titans, um, Black Lightning. A whole bunch of really talented people who do a lot of really good work um, are going to be there to talk about costume design, which... Sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just against a bunch of other really interesting stuff, and I feel really bad for them. Mm-hmm. Um, at 12 p.m. in Ballroom 20, it's the Simpsons panel. Uh, so Macaroning, Al Jean, David Silverman, uh, some of the voice cast, um, I presume. Trust McNeil's there. Um, we're all going to be there to talk about the Simpsons. If Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's much. all I've got there. Yeah. Uh, 12 p.m. in Indigo Ballroom. Uh, come a show that I know a lot of people are super into, but I have not tried because no. Um, Sci-Fi Scripton will be promoting season two, so I'm assuming that's some of the cast mm-hmm. and as well as the creator showrunner uh, Cameron Welsh uh, will be there as well. So what's happening at 12:30 on at- Saturday? 
At 12.30 in room 6A, we have Big Hero 6, the series, Heroes Return. Um, this is the Disney Channel show. They're going to have the voice cast and executive producers for that. In 1 p.m. in Ballroom 20, American Dad, with, again, voice cast, executive producers. Not my jam, but, hey, if it is for you, that's great. Uh, 1 p.m., also on Saturday, room 7AB, we have IFC's Stand Against Evil, which, you know, when I've tuned in, I've enjoyed. <laughs> and I think, I feel like that would be another really fun, like John McGinley and Janet Varney, that's going to be a good panel fun panel um so the the cast and executive producer dina gould are there for that also at 1 p.m in indigo ballroom manifest has another it's its own separate panel um where they're going to screen the pilot which it's the same thing they're screening wednesday night so you don't need to go to both but hey if you want to go for it then at 145 in ballroom 20 after american dad is a uh, family guy same same gist uh cast and executive producers are there for that then at 2 p.m we have legacies exclusive video presentation and q a this is the new spinoff from julie plack of vampire diaries and originals um it seems like it's got a little, little bit of like a next generation like school kind of setup for that but they'll have uh some of the cast and and the creators there for that uh at 2 p.m in 25 abc cartoon network creators drawing on inspiration so they're gonna be they'll have people there from craig of the Cra- of the creek we bear bearers which we, we we really were supposed to it's watch. so good Kate. i haven't it's watched so it good yeah. yeah and maybe that's a good way for me to finally get off my butt about we bear bears <laughs> the last one i'll go into here though is more interesting to me but you have to get a separate ticket because of where i oh no wait no you maybe you don't um this is at 2 p.m in grand nine in the marriott marquis san diego marina hotel the musical universe of doctor who um so this is the composer for class and torchwood and the music arranger for doctor who blair moat who's gonna talk about the uh like the the just the whole history of music in and composing and scoring for doctor who which is actually very interesting um for significant not all of the history of Doctor Who, but some of the history of Doctor Who has very, very interesting and groundbreaking music going on. So that could be a lot of fun, if, you know. Especially, it's like it feels very tailor made for Kate. Yeah, it does. It feels very Kate made. Yeah. yeah. Um. So at two thirty p.m. in Ballroom Twenty, The Gifted, uh, which is Hulu. Am I remembering that correctly? No, it's Hulu like series? ABC or something. This is the one oh. with um, Amy Acker. Oh, that's Fox. It's Fox. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that they got a season two in the whole kerfuffle of Fox yeah. canceling a bunch of stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, executive producers and cast will be there uh, for the X-Men universe thing, which mm-hmm. maybe will be swallowed up by the N- MCU by this point. Um, 245 and 6BCF is Midnight Texas season two, which I also can't think of what this is off the top of my head. This is the show uh, about the, the town and there's like the guy who turns into a tiger and there's... Oh, uh, good God. Did this get a season two, too? Ex- that was my reaction as well. I didn't realize it had been Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that NBC had given this a season two. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so 3 p.m. in Indigo. Uh, explore the wonders of the universe with the Cosmos Possible World sequel, which uh, drops on Fox um, next February, I believe. I also uh, so didn't is... know Cosmos got renewed. <laughs> I That I did not know either, but this makes me excited because I really liked Cosmos. Um, so Neil deGrasse Tyson will be there. Uh, Seth MacFarlane's uh, going to be there because he's been the guy that keeps bribing Fox to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Bra- Brandon Brandon Bragg is going to be there. Jason Clark. Um, Three thirty in Ballroom Twenty. Supergirl is going to have a special video presentation Q and A with the cast and creative team. Uh, 4 p.m. in Indigo, um, Seth MacFarlane's not going anywhere because he's going to be talking about season two of The Orville, which I did know got his second season over on Fox. The rest of the cast and the executive producers will be there as well. 
at 4 p.m. on Saturday in Hall H. It's the Entertainment Weekly Women Who Kick Ass um, uh, panel. So Chloe Bennett, Regina King, Camila Mendez, um, Amandela Steinberg, uh, Jodie Whittaker, and uh, it's moderated by Jessica Shaw. Uh, that's going to be there. This is an annual panel, correct? Yeah, and they, they yeah. change up the guest list each year. And this yeah. year, I'm like, yes, there's some very interesting people there. Chloe Bennett, I just she just announced she's engaged to Logan Paul. So like, yeah, no, yeah. well, dating at least. Were they engaged or? Dating? Oh no, I no, thought they were right, just right. dating. They're yeah. just dating. My bad. But My still, bad. But, but still, you know, Regina King. I'll go watch. Yeah, Regina King's Regina there. King. Yeah, it's just you yeah. can never get in because it's always sandwiched between two big movie panels, so yeah. it's, you can't get. But if anybody wants to leave and not listen to be lectured at about feminism for an hour, I want to hear the feminism lecture. So please <laughs> switch passes with me just for the you know, bathroom passes for that panel. Uh, so at four fifteen in Ballroom Twenty, Arrow will follow on the heels of Supergirl and have a special video video presentation and Q and A. And talk about the forthcoming season seven, which I feel like Stephen Amell is already talking about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. You'll get probably some new information, but Amell's been talking about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Four fifteen and six a the Man in High Castle um, uh, panel will be happening. So um, Rufus Sewell, Stephen Root, Jason O'Mara will be there along with uh, Alexa Davlos, the lead. Yeah. yeah. We'll all be there. Um, but I know where I would be. Mm-hmm. Is 415 in room 60E is Batman, the animated series on Blu-ray. So Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, basically everyone associated with uh, behind the scenes with the original Batman, the animated series, along with uh, Kevin Conroy, Tara Strong, and Lauren Lester, will be there to promote the forthcoming Blu-ray release of one of the most important American television shows of all time. Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> um, so I would probably go to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would um, like yeah. to go to, if I could get in, which line yeah. might be an issue, I would like to go to, at 5 p.m. in Ballroom 20, the Legends of Tomorrow cast mm-hmm. uh, and panel, just to just, just sing the praises of Bebo. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hopefully also, they just throw Bebos out to the audience. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> the little, yeah. like, they could give little Bebo keychains. Like that mm-hmm. would It would be better if they were fuzzy, but, you know, yeah. we'll take what we can get. Um, also at 5 p.m. in Indigo Ballroom, we have TV Guide Magazine's fan favorites, which is going to include uh, people from The 100, Krypton, Gotham, and, and other shows. Um, at 5.15 in room 6 BCF, we have The Purge, new TV show, um, which was apparently the the between like the mid credits scene at the end of the, the latest purge movie was an ad for the new purge tv show um so that's a way to do that um at 5 30 in room eight we have costume concept art for television and film with different costume designers from the concept, costume designers guild so there's customers from black lightning uh supergirl westworld um and and different different projects as well black panther um captain marvel uh, so so that that should be an interesting thing if you're into costuming at 5:30 room 6a you have netflix uh matt greening matt greening's uh, disenchantment which is his new animated show um so yeah well, you can check that out 5:45 in bottom 20 the flash of course it, all the cw guys are back to back 
Um, so that'll have the casting and creators there. Then at 6 p.m., Indigo Ballroom has Sci-Fi's Deadly Class, which is a new show that they're doing. Um, so you'll have the cast. The notable name for me there is Benedict Wong, who, of course, is like just so much fun in Doctor Strange. Um, but they'll have the showrunners and everybody there talking about that. And I'm sure showing the pilot or at least a sneak peek at 6.45 in Room 6A, History Project Blue Book, which is a, a, they'll give a peek at Season 1. Um, Aiden Gillen, Neil McDonough, Michael Malarkey, Lauren Menel, and producers will be there for that. Um, and then at 6.45, the one that I will be lining for because they give good panel. Man, IDW Entertainment and Sci-Fi's Winona Earp panel. They're going to promote Season 3. They'll have the, the cast will be all there emily andrews will be there bo smith will be there um yeah it was one of the most fun panels last year so i imagine it'll be delightful this year as well uh so at 7 p.m on saturday indigo ballroom uh sci-fi continues with the magicians which i imagine will be a well-attended panel mm-hmm. um they'll promote season four um sarah gamble and john mcnamara will be there along with the cast it's moderated by felicia day um, 7 p.m. in 25 ABC. Totally awesome. The greatest cartoons of the 80s. Continuing with uh, focusing on old cartoons. Um, so folks involved in 80s cartoons, including um, Townsend Coleman and uh, the aforementioned uh, Larry Houston will be there um, to discuss old cartoons like Voltron and the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and G.I. Joe and Mighty Mouse. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Um, and 7.30 p.m. in 26 AB. Defending the Defenders. This is another uh, law um, question where judges and lawyers think about the legal questions of the Netflix Marvel television series. To which I go, they're all vigilantes. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like there's not really a question there, but sure. Um, At 8 p.m. in Indigo Ballroom, uh, Twin Peaks and the revival of a cult classic. So the cast, basically everyone, uh, with what looks like... Well, no Kyle MacLachlan. No Kyle MacLachlan, which no I immediately go, yeah, Laura Dern's not there either, to which I go, maybe you don't need to go to this. Well, I mean, Shirley's there, so. Like, th- um, this is a ridiculous list of the cast. A lot of the twin. Yeah. Pe- I was amazed yeah. that this yeah. is all there, but, yeah. Yeah. So they're going to be there along with, uh, they're going to be interviewed by Jessica Sang, who's a comic book historian. So that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. And then at 8.30 p.m. and 7 a.b., uh, Crunchyroll, the industry panel, the latest and hottest in anime today. So Crunchyroll just will probably be promoting, I assume, the summer season, uh, which got kicked off a couple of weeks ago, um, and that they're streaming a chunk of. Yeah. And it's time to round it out. So I, we're going to get close to doing it in an hour. So go team. Yeah. Go team. It's time for Sunday and there's yeah. only a handful. So at 1030. Uh, yeah. On but Sunday, there's the most important Comic-Con panel period. <laughs> in room 6A, we have Lego Ninjago. Uh, so the co-creator will be there. Some of the writers and voice actors will be there for that. Um, and I imagine adorable cosplay. Um, mm-hmm. Then at 1030 in Hall H, the Supernatural panel, which again... Those guys know how to do a panel, like, just amazing. It's what they do on their weekends. They just go to cons on their weekends and come home with garbage bags full of dollar bills. Do you remember (laughs) last year Kansas played Carry On My Wayward Son live? Like... Yep. They know how to do a panel. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they're going to be promoting the new season. Then at 11.30 in Indigo Ballroom, Cartoon Network's Best Summer Ever. Uh, their, their their costume contest, which has normally been on Thursday evenings, is on Sunday in Indigo. And I believe this is the first time Indigo is actually being used on a Sunday. Normally it's not even oh. used. In play. Cool. Yeah, and, and uh, Ballroom 20 is out for Sundays as well because they have the masquerade 
uh, cosplay mm-hmm. thing, and so they don't reset up um, Ballroom 20 on Sunday at all. So, like, that, this is very interesting to me, and I'm curious if other Comic-Con, you know, frequent flyers will have thoughts on that. But anyway, so they're going to do the cosplay contest, and they'll be showing clips and all sorts of different things. And this is, like, an hour and a half, maybe two-hour-long panel. Um, then at 11.45 in Hall H, Riverdale special video presentation and Q&A, uh, promoting the new season with cast and producers. Then on Sunday at 1.30 in Room 6A, we have Marvel Animation Presents, which is going to promote uh, the new, uh, new episodes and seasons of Marvel's Avengers, Black Panther's, Quest and Marvel Superman. Um, so senior VPs Court Lane and Eric Radomski, uh, director of development and production Harrison Wilcox, uh, Wilcox and surprise guests will be there. Then two fifteen. I know you would want to be at the Hall H panel for Legion with Noah Hawley, John Cameron, and Jeff Loeb. I assume cast will be there too, but who knows? Um, at three p.m. at seven. I would be at this. <laughs> from 7AB we have X-Men the animated series celebrates 25 years with the showrunner again Larry Houston writers Julia Lewald and Len Yuli. Um so just again looking back on the X-Men animated series and then our last TV uh, panel for Comic-Con Sunday at 345 room 6 BCF the Buffy musical once more the feeling sing along they do it every year um, so if you'd like you can end your con that way uh, so just quickly here what, off the top of your head, without scrolling back up, what are Too the late. what are the panels that you would be like? I gotta be there for. I mean, really, I would just be there for Saturday and then camping with you for the Indigo Ballroom, so I can get Stephen and the Good Place. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of all I would want, since I wouldn't be able to go to the Dragon Prince thing. Um, I also, I really do think that that lady scientist panel could be really interesting. Um, so I would go to that and then, like, I just want to see Batman the Animated Series on Blu-ray. So before I buy it, because I am going to buy it. Um, what about you? Uh, like, I, th- I think that you, do you have, like, a good sense of what you're going to be doing already? Well, I, you know, I need to talk to my sister. And there's a yeah. lot of educational uh, panels that I know that she'll want to go to. There's a whole bunch of different tracks that you can take. These yeah. are just the TV panels. Um, but I, the ones that are important to me are the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend panel, the Steven Universe panel. And if, since I'm in there, let's do Good Place too. That'll be great. Um, it, I would like to go to the Winona or panel and there's not too much around them that I would like to see as well. So that kind of works out. And then just, I look forward to discovering stuff. There's plenty of other ones that would be of interest. I don't know if I'll be able to get into those aren't make or break for me, but like, you know, they're doing the ukulele jam sesh again. So that would be fun to do. I, this year I will plan ahead and bring band-aids for my thumb so I don't destroy them. Um, playing ukulele out of nowhere for several hours. Um, but yeah, just kind of finding those little panels that um, you just kind of stumble into tends to be a lot of fun. Some of the highlights of the last few years have been the LGBTQ year in review panels, which I didn't see listed, but I'm sure there's something in that vein. There there were a few LGBTQ panels, but I didn't see the same like group of people doing a year in review the way that they have the last two years. Um, but yeah, so if, if there's anything that we miss, listeners, reach out if you think it's something that I should try to get to. Um, but no, there I was there was several panels that I like. I wasn't super. I was like, yeah, it'll be fun. But when I found out there was a Crazy Ex Girlfriend panel and there was definitely a Steven panel and there was a Good Place panel as well, I was super more hyped. If I could just like teleport into the Doctor Who panel, that would be super interesting. But I don't think I'm gonna. I'm not gonna camp out all night to be able to go yeah. to it. So that's one that they'll eventually, I'm sure, put it up online. 
and I can watch that, you know, at the BBC America website or something. Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of where I'm at with it. Okay. I'll have updates. You follow me on Twitter, everybody, if you want, if you want to hear my thoughts, but I'm looking forward to hopefully another super engaging and fun Comic-Con and we will have reports back in two weeks. Um, so we saw about an hour. Yeah. Just a little bit over. That's better than previous years. Yeah. So next year I'll shoot for 30 minutes and we'll get it done in 50. <laughs> Sounds like a really good plan. Okay. Um, a few show notes here at the end of the episode. You can find a post for this episode over at thetelliverse.org where you can leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of the week's TV. You can email us at gmail.com. You can like our page on Facebook to start up a conversation there. Or you can um, like you give us a rating review on iTunes. We have an M4A chaptered feed and an MP3 unchaptered feed. And we're also up on Stitcher. And then, of course, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at thetelliverse. Noel, you are? At Noel R. K. Thank you for a very good week, Kay. Thank you. Um, also, uh, before I forget, I do want to plug, uh, I had a great time talking with the TV party people about Steven Universe. So you can get Allison, friend of the show, Allison Shoemaker's thoughts on Steven Universe diving in for the very first time. Um, if you go check that out over at Consequence of Sound. And uh, I'm still covering Bake Off over at AV Club. And I would like to keep covering it. So if that's of interest to you, go click and, you know, comment and all that good stuff but thank you again Noel thank you for suffering in that hot box go sit in front of a fan thank you everyone for listening we'll be back next week with another episode of the Televerse 